1: BLOB TALK RADIO
0: So thank you once again for coming to BARD's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation and grassroots conversation, and the Patriot Journalist member of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. And tonight we will be discussing the possible picks. We already know two of them for Donald Trump's cabinet. Now, we'll be having that discussion tonight as uh, well as, you know, the future of America with a Donald Trump administration. And uh, as you know, uh, we will be having the discussion on that uh, until the all the picks are done. Uh, we'll have our, our favorites that we'll want to see uh, in the cabinet. And also for yours, uh, I'm sure those folks out there who have their favorite as well. So give us a call or send me a message uh, who you would like to see as the uh, cabinet picks for Donald Trump. And so give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you're on the call, just push the 1 on your number dial, and we will get you back in. We'll also be continuing some discussions that we had uh, from last week. So if you have a last week's uh, listen, last week's show, uh, we will continue with some of that conversation. But if you have not, check out the podcast uh, that you can find here on Blog Talk Radio, or you could also download it for free on your mobile devices by finding it on iTunes. All you got to do is go to the search engine and put BARD's Logic Political Talk, or you can find uh, the link on the BARD's Logic Political Talk Facebook page uh, by searching for that uh, in the browser there uh, So it's pretty easy to find Of course you can also go to the website As well Now we do know two of the picks uh, Currently that Donald Trump has uh, Has made and that of course We'll do a, a little backwards here First we have uh, the controversial Pick, now, they're actually both you know, Controversial you know, talk, you know, Comparing who you're speaking to And one of those is Breitbart's uh, Bannon, Stephen Bannon and then, of course, Rince Priebus for the chief of staff. Now, I don't know much about Bannon, uh, but, you know, for him to, you know, know he's going to be a chief advisor uh, or, you know, strategy advisor uh, for Trump. I know there's a lot of the hoopla, especially from the liberal media. I mean, they are going nuts about this guy. You could just find, you know, several articles uh, there as well as uh, an article I believe we've got here on the Bards Logic Political Talk Newsroom. And that is uh one towards um uh the let's see what is that article at there uh about Bannon I found here on the website. Yeah, it's towards the it's towards the bottom of it. It's in the business section of the Bards Logic newsroom, and that's uh, uh says so Stephen Bannon on Wall Street reform. It's not the money. Controls why it's not that money controls Washington, Washington controls the money, and that's uh, on Breitbart.com. Uh, but you can get a link there uh, from the Bard's Logic Political Talks website in our newsroom. Uh, so check that out. So, as I said, I don't know as much about Steve Bannon. Uh, there are sure there's folks who uh, know more on him uh, than I do, so perhaps uh, someone could chime in on that. But of course, we all know uh Re's Priebus, which sometimes okay let's be honest, a lot of times uh we joked around about his name, calling him Rince pubis, and you know I think that's uh was our disgust in him uh in two thousand and twelve in the way that he and the you know the- republican establishment treated uh Brian Paul and their supporters as well as New Gingrich and what they did to get Romney coronated, uh, and that's how I'll call it. I don't even call it a, a you know, nominated the way that they did. But that was four years ago, so we are looking towards the future. And I must say, you know, I, I've got mixed thoughts on uh, Reince being the uh, the chief of staff. Of course, you know, I've always wanted to see a, a big position for Newt Gingrich uh, in uh, the you know, administration of cabinet. It's well, we'll talk more about this tonight. Uh, I, I'm not seeing one, and I don't know if that's just as Trump has other folks in mind. I think it might be more that those just that's just not a spot that Gingrich really wants to be in. I know there was uh, a lot of folks who won, including myself, uh, wanted to see Gingrich in the vice presidential spot. Uh, but it looks like, you know, that didn't happen. And there were by some reports, I believe I even uh, at least that I read that someone reported that Gingrich, you know, told Trump. You know, go ahead and you know, because it was between Pence and Gingrich, and Ging, uh, Gingrich conceded that to uh, to him, and so we are going to, uh, I, I guess that's possibly true, because now all these other positions uh, that you may be open to Gingrich, it seems like he may be more interested in the advisor uh, advisory role, but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, right now, when you know, we'll talk about uh, Ryan's Priebus and. You know, while I do have my misgivings from, you know, of them, certainly, um, you know, one of the things that Trump said is he's going to drain the swamp. And it's kind of hard to think that he's going to be draining the swamp if he's picking someone who's, you know, been to establishment as a uh, previous and someone, you know, from the, you know, the, you know, RNC chairman uh, for him being that pick. And so, you know, that definitely is where a lot of people have, you know, their consternation when it's like, look, you know, why you got, you know, in there if you're talking about draining the swamp uh, when you, you put somebody uh, who in many ways is seen as establishment. And I do, you know, sus- subscribe mostly to that argument. Now others, and, and I could see the argument where, you know, they say, well, you know, he knows how to work the people in Washington. Uh, and that's that true. I think uh, position-wise, I think chief of staff is a natural progression uh, you know, you know, got you get you know, promotions and things of that nature. Uh, you, you know, in business in the private sector, I think uh, chief of staff is a natural progression for someone who was the chairman of a party. Uh, so I think you know that that is going in favor of Priebus. And plus, we got to admit that although he put could have pushed them harder, uh, which I think wins uh, could have, such as you know Paul Ryan and, and his ilk. Uh, he did throw his, his support, in, in, in the most part, at least what I've seen, uh, to uh, Trump. I mean, I, I, you know, I even did some research trying to find it because I personally don't really like Reince Priebus. Um, and so, that being said, you know, I was, you know, be honest, looking for things like, oh, why would he not be a good chief of staff? You know, what I mean, because there's a lot of, you know, policy that goes around there, and, and what policies are going to be brought to the table uh, for Trump. And you know he'll have, he'll play a part in that. That's that's a concern. Uh, but also, we um, not me, but I, you know, was looking for things to discount him being a good chief of staff. And and we'll and we'll just have to wait to see uh, what the future holds. But I mean, it looked like he did, you know, support uh, support Trump in, in in a lot of ways. And so we'll just see how it how it pans out. And one good thing about. Trump appointing folks. I mean, it seems to get into the way uh, that Trump can fire. Uh, you know, of course, you're fired, uh, Priebus. Uh, but of course, I think that you know, we the people who, when mass, you know, helped to put Trump in the in office, uh, we should, you know, be very vocal with that too. If we think that Reince is getting his, getting in his way and fulfilling his uh, promises, uh, then I think that we should, um, you know, make ourselves vocal with that. So, you know, we've got mixed thoughts and you know, on him. And so we'll just have to see how that uh that progresses. And so early in the show we put uh you know, celebrations. So I think we still you know, we still are celebrating uh you know, the Trump election and, and regardless of who he puts in there, you know, a lot of folks that I like to see and we'll go through that list tonight of who folks think is going to be uh his you know, choices for cabinet and who, you know, I would like to see. Uh, But we are still celebrating today, but even if he puts in some folks I don't like or don't agree with, it's still far better than Hillary Clinton. And one of the things I am excited about uh, with uh, Trump is I'm hoping and I really want to push this uh, and is to reinvigorate our space program. Now, last week we had a a discussion towards the end of the show uh, that perhaps we can uh, continue on with uh, later on tonight. Uh, But what what I'm going to do is I'm going to play an audio clip from the Republican convention uh, that gives me uh, some hope for reinvigorating the uh, program. And this because this is something as I said at the GOP uh, convention. And uh, let's go ahead and play this audio, and then we'll continue on with that. To command a space shuttle mission.
2: It's great to be here with you tonight. Thank you. From the moment the first pilgrims arrived on our shore, Americans have been asking, what's next? We are a nation built by the passion of people who weren't afraid to do something first, to step into the unknown, and to pave our own way forward. We are a nation of explorers. In 1961, President Kennedy issued a challenge to America to land a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. And 47 years ago, on this very day, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin answered that call, and they walked on the moon. They took with them an American flag in a plaque bearing the inscription, here, men from planet Earth, first set foot upon the moon, July 1969. We came in peace for all mankind. We landed on the moon to fulfill a leadership challenge and to explore. We know that exploration leads to invention, innovation, and discovery. For example, our successful robotic missions to Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto have provided valuable information about our own planet. But in 2011, the space shuttle program ended. The last time the United States launched our own astronauts from our own soil was over five years ago. We must do better than that. Countries that are strong are countries that explore, invent, and discover to remain resilient in a changing world. I'm honored to have played a role in our nation's heritage of explorers as the first woman to command a space shuttle mission, joining the ranks of those that have fought to lead the way. Thanks. And we are all so proud of our Apollo program that put our astronauts on the moon, first in peace for all mankind. Nations that lead on the frontier lead in the world. We need that visionary leadership again, leadership that will inspire the next generation of explorers to have that same passion. We need leadership that will ask Americans, Americans will ask again what's next. We need leadership that will make America's space program first again. And we need leadership that will make America great again. I want to thank all of you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless America.
0: And as I stated last week, folks, I think that, you know, that could be a vision that all of us uh, can go with. That can be something we can uh, get behind uh, when, you know, we have, you know, these other things that we're going to be doing that's vitus. I And there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be too happy <laughs> with uh, some of the picks. And so let's go ahead and, and, and go to that, uh, that topic. Now, first, Okay, now, first we've got, you know, I'm just going to kind of do this in line uh, and then go from there, is uh, the, you know, Attorney General. There's been a lot of talk about the Attorney General, as you know, on who was going to be uh, his picks for that. And so there's a lot of talk about, you know, either Trey Gowdy or Rudy, uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, for that. Uh, but there's also been, you know, others. Uh, who have been considered uh, for uh, the attorney general? Uh, one of those is Jeff Sessions. Now, personally, I mean, I think that if we're going to take my take on it, I mean, I I think you know other a spot for the attorney general is going to be at least I would I would like to see would be Rudy Giuliani. Uh, you know, he's a pro you know a prosecutor. I don't think that uh, he would. And you do a lot of the things that he could clean up the, I mean, like he cleaned New York, remember. I think he would clean up New York the way, uh, or the the Department of Justice, uh, the way he cleaned up New York. Also, uh, he's been really pushing, even though, of course, there's talk about, you know, there being a a pardon for Hillary Clinton, even if she's not formally charged with anything, uh, to my understanding, uh, he could still get a pardon, you know, Obama could still pardon her. Unfortunately, but you know, be that as it may, I mean, there could be some things coming up. Now that you know, he can't pardon her for for future crimes that are that are found. Uh, so perhaps you know, after digging in the uh, Clinton Foundation, they'll be able to find more. Uh, but he, he's pointed out that he would, you know, he would go after uh, go after Hillary Clinton, and, and he's got a success record, you know, as being a prosecutor. I think uh, Rudy Giuliani oh, would be a good pick for that. Uh, now, as I said, now with Jeff Sessions, I think he would be, uh, I think the second person that I would consider uh, for the, you know, for the for the spot of uh, Attorney General. And there's also been uh, talk of Trey Gowdy, and I've got mixed thoughts on him. I think I, I kind of feel like he kind of failed, but uh, when he was trying to, you know, with what he was doing, uh, you know, to Hillary you know, with Hillary Clinton, you know, and uh, the uh, investigations, you know, Benghazi things of that nature. I, I really think he, he dropped the ball on that. So, I mean, would he still be, you know, an Amari right pick? Eh, maybe. Uh, but you know, I, I still think that Rudy Giuliani be best. And plus, you know, kind of selfishly, uh, one of the things are all one of the positions. I tell you what, Rudy's going to find a place definitely, uh, and I think maybe Attorney General. But um, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, but, there, but there's also been talk now, and I've uh, seen some articles where now they're actually having it more so that Rudy Giuliani is more of the top spot for Secretary of State. Now, as Secretary, I just don't see him doing as well. I mean, if, if Trump's going to really put people in there, uh, he's going to be, you know, where they would be best fit. I don't think Secretary of State would be it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he had some experience, you know, from, not, you know, 9-11 and things of that nature, uh, but I don't think that, you know, he's got enough, uh, let's say, diplomatic experience uh, with that, maybe even not even historical experience, and that brings me to, to Newt Gingrich. I think uh, Duke Gingrich has been a statesman, he's been a, you know, ran for president, he's also been the Speaker of the House, you know, he just has a lot more experience, uh, you know, he's... And a lot of knowledge you know of a lot of countries around the world uh I think Secretary of State would be a good spot for Gingrich uh but as i said earlier i, I don't think he wants a cabinet spot the way that uh he's been talking and so those are the uh those are the people for the attorney general uh, why and, and I haven't read it read yet, but why there's you know being kind of this big switch uh for Rudy Giuliani, because I mean, they are saying for a long time, Rudy Giuliani for attorney, I mean, for attorney general, and why, why the big switch now to, to impossible of being Secretary of State? I, I just don't think he'd make a good Secretary of State, at least not as good as uh, others. Now, here's uh here's a uh, one that, and I've got an article here that I'll read, uh, that you might find this. Okay, if, um. I'm just getting a text. uh, Thank you very much, Kelly. You just hit the one on your number dial and you're ready to get in. And so here's an article I got here and you'll be surprised. And I'm not going to tell you what the surprise is, uh, but you'll you'll figure it out as I read this article. Um, And this is actually from town hall and, you know, town hall is supposedly, you know, a conservative, uh, conservative journal. So this was on today. This is an article today. And, I'm not even going to read the title. I'll let you guys figure it out <laughs> as I as I read it. Well, I'll make commentary on that. Then um, this would definitely prove to be interesting. It says Michelle Ray, former chancellor for D.C. public schools, is eyed for education secretary. Senator uh, Senator Kelly uh from North, Republican New Hampshire, who just recently lost her reelection bid. Uh, Tom Cotton, Republican Arkansas, and Jeff Sessions are being considered for defense secretary. We'll talk more about that later. Um, Conservative commentary Laura Ingram may be White House press secretary. Former New York Mayor Roy Giuliani might become the next secretary of state. This is a surprise. This surprised me when I read this. It said, and Ben Carson turned down. Heading Health and Human Services. I don't know why uh, he turned it down. Uh, There's just so much to look into, but that that kind of surprises me. I I don't know why he turned that down. And then here's the surprise, folks. But hell has frozen over with the rumor mill spinning on Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, who President-elect Trump could pick for U.S. Attorney General. It just shows how politics can make strange bedfellows, given Cruz's acrimonious rivalry with Trump during the Republican primaries. The Texas senator was booed off the stage during the Republican National Convention, where he refused to endorse, endorse Trump and urged GOP voters to, to vote their conscience. Uh, Cruz eventually endorsed Trump in September. And here's a little side box. It says, President-elect Donald Trump, Trump's transition team, is considering making Senator Cruz the next attorney general, according to a new report. Cruz discussed a possible role in Trump's upcoming administration at the meeting in Trump Tower in New York City Tuesday. A person familiar with the matter told Bloomberg Politics. CNN's Jim Acosta reported that a source told him, Cruz was on a long short list of potential attorney general picks. Cruz visited Trump, To offer assistance during the president-elect's transition talks, a transition aide told NBC News earlier in the day, adding that Texas Senator is not being considered for cabinet posts. Uh, A spokeswoman said after Cruz has stopped, he was pleased to have the opportunity to meet with the president-elect Trump in New York. Senator Lindsey Graham said that Trump's White House should consider Trump for the Supreme Court. Well, we'll see how this turns out. There are lots of appointments pending. So would that not be something uh oh, oh welcome uh, Cindy. And, yes, we'll talk more about uh uh Rince Previs, give us a call and I, I see uh oh I got a, a YouTube video that I'll have to make sure I get uh get posted on and I'll put it on uh the Bars Logic Little Talk site there on uh Facebook, the page on Facebook. It's and then I'll read her comments. Uh, And then I'll move on to Ted Cruz, because I don't want these chats to scroll. It says, since Priebus will have Trump's ear every single day of his presidency, this is why I wanted Gingrich to be his uh, chief of staff. If Trump starts acting more like a rhino every day, and his policies fall flat, and America is not great again, Priebus will own it. And I agree with you, Cindy. And as I stated earlier, now, I don't know if you're uh, listening in when I said this, but indeed if as if, do, if Trump doesn't do what he starts promising i really and, and we think it's because of Priebus, I really think we need to be very vocal. We need to be very vocal with him, uh, and I'm going I mean with him with Trump says so these appointments, and I agree, I don't know as much about Bannon as I said, I don't know much about him. That these appointments are very troubling and make me suspicious of the role the elitist actually played in the election, and I I have to agree with that thought. I'm also was concerned with the uh, Pence pick because if you recall, uh, when he did choose Pence, now I, Pence did gain a couple points uh, with me, you know, during the debate, and you know I think you know he may have helped the ticket, but that was the person that you know Paul Ryan. Pence was the person Paul Ryan wanted to. Uh, Uh, Wanted Trump to pick, and remember that Never the 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 Never Trump and trying to get a uh, broker convention, which is ironic, and for many ways, if you recall us uh, what we what's going on in 2012 and what we covered on the show. But once that you know the Never Trumper movement basically died shortly after Pence was picked, and I contend that the reason that happened. Is because Trump went ahead and gave in and, and chose Pence. Because if you looked at the polls, if you looked at the you know the polls that people were were going were and who they wanted you know for the VP pick, Gingrich was winning. Gingrich was at the top of that of that list. Uh, that's who the people wanted, and he, and he picked Pence. Uh, and I think and I think in part that you know Paul Ryan had a had a part to play in that. And I think, you know, and and Trump always says I make deals, I'm, a, I'm the great I'm the greatest deal maker. And I think he might have made a deal with Paul Ryan to pick Pence as his running mate to stop that never Trump movement and try to get them from you know, shut down, uh trying to get that broker convention or contest convention, whatever you want to call it. Uh that's what I think. And so yeah, I think uh these appointments are are, you know, concerning to me as well. And so uh, now back to uh the Ted Cruz and that that would be amazing. I mean, I like, I mean, it, it, I liked Ted Cruz until he was blasting Trump, to be honest. I mean, you know, I like Ted Cruz when he was in the Senate. I liked Ted Cruz, you know, a, a lot of times when he was campaigning, except when he, you know, he's blasting Trump because I think he was doing something outside his personality. Uh, and, and you could you could tell, I just don't think it's natural for him and I don't like when people are, are being fake just to try to win an election or something of that nature. Um, and so, but that would be fascinating. Ted, but he, I don't know if Ted Cruz for, I mean, it'd be fascinating in, in a way. I think it would really help bring some of the people who still, and I'm talking about the Republicans and conservatives, I think uh, a lot of them would be, would allay some of their concerns, you know, about Trump if, if he was to do something like that. I mean, I mean, my gosh, you could bring the, the Trump, I mean, sorry, the Cruz supporters back on board, because I'm sure there's still a few of them that are like, nah. Now I, I can't support him. But I think a better spot, perhaps, uh, for, uh, for Cruz, instead of attorney general, I, I mean, because I really I think Rudy Giuliani uh, would be best for attorney general. I think, um, as uh, Sessions said, maybe a Supreme Court justice. I mean, he's young. He's 45. I mean, through all of what I've seen, he's conservative. And to have him on the bench – think how many years that guy will be <laughs> as long as he stays healthy, and then you know and as 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 I said, I'm speculating here about um uh oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze, I hate that oh um, uh, who's the justice that the, the justice that just passed away, where I could tend he might have been murdered um and so okay, I was just reading something each other and, and so gosh, oh my gosh, i'm. Oh my gosh, I'm having a total brain freeze. That's driving me nuts. Uh, but anyway, I'll give I'll get back to it. But you you, you folks know who I'm talking about. Uh, but I think that you know you'll have a young guy. And actually, I think yeah, and Cruz actually worked uh, for um, for the Justice and my God Scalia. There we go. And and, and, and uh, yeah, it yeah, was a clerk I believe for Scalia. say, Cruz So I think that would be um, you know just right in line with that. Uh, so I mean that's where I would rather see you know Ted Cruz. I mean you know I mean his greatness. I, I I like to see when I see him in the Senate, uh, but I like to see him in uh, I like to see him in there. And uh, John, I do see you'd like to uh, to get into the show. I'll be uh, pushing your one on your number dial. Uh, perhaps uh, you want to uh, I'll make a few quick comments and then I'll get you in the show. And I do see uh, a couple other folks like to uh, chime in. Just push the one number dial, get you in. And so, you know, that, that's where I like to see Ted Cruz. I, you know, let's see Rudy Giuliani uh, for that. Trey Gowdy, yeah, I don't know. Maybe make him an a assistant attorney general, you know, say, something of that nature. That would be good. Secretary of State, um, we're going to get to that. We'll get to that in a, in a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and, and get John's take on, uh, you know, possibly the Ted Cruz. That's when you, you, that's when you hit the one on the number dial, so I'm presuming perhaps that's what uh, you want to talk about uh, What's your thoughts John
3: Well actually I was just Going Antonin Scalia Antonin Scalia
0: but, no, um, Thank Ant- you Antonin Scalia. <laughs> There you go I appreciate it
3: I, I was thinking somebody so, else I mean, was going to do it and Then nobody else did So I thought well hey I'll jump in there real quick But it's, I'm, I think Ted Cruz Is a great pick like you were just saying For Supreme Court But then again I still have some questions about Ted Cruz, too, but I don't see anybody else. Yeah, I've got some, too. Because of my limited perspective of just knowing who's all available, out of all the people that I understand that you've just spoken about that I understand that might be available for that, I think he's probably more qualified than anybody else. Jeff Sessions, I, I would not want to lose him from some of the stuff he's already doing because who are we going to replace him with? That's the thing about if we move yeah, the crews from their state, who are we going to replace them with? And I'm like going, well, I kind of want to leave them guys in place unless we have a better backup, because that's part of the concern I've had even you know, weeks back is the down ballot. People are all still right in the same vein of Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan. And uh, I'm just like going – they're all going to blame Donald Trump for everything, and they're going to bait him for stuff to make him look like an idiot. And they might even have some kind of ploy where they want to trick him into a situation because he's not probably as knowledgeable about all this stuff as Pence is and some of these other people. Well, if Ryan and Pence are closer buddies than Pence and Trump – well, Pence and Ryan and McConnell and them may have some that's kind of true. trick. that They're gonna They're gonna lead Trump into a situation where he gets impeached, so they can put Pence in the number one spot and then move other people in. And now we're stuck with the with establishment republic crooks. So, but I, I want to say, where's Ron Paul? I mean, that, 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 Ron that's Paul pretty sound there.
0: analysis, to to me, <laughs> on that one, John. <laughs> No, no, that, that, I know, that's and that's a concern, and I think it's a concern of Cindy's as well, uh, you know, in, in conversations that we've had. Is, yeah, I mean, if, if, he, if he says drain the swamp, but then when he picks, you know, Ryan's Spreebus to be his chief of staff, you know, and then I uh, was concerned since when he picked, you know, Pence, my concern waned over time after hearing him in the debate, but, you know, i and I rather had someone – such as, you know, I know not everyone, you know, on the panel likes you, like Ingrid, but, you know, how I feel about him, and then, you know, have him on, uh, have, the Cindy put it, you know, have Trump's ear on a day-to-day basis. We're going to need somebody, uh, and I don't think Priebus is the guy to, to have that ear. That's my concern. I'm now, I mean, Previs does have the experience. We'll give him that, but I don't, you know, I, I just don't trust them to be, you know, to, to be the uh, revolutionary, you know, the person that I think that we need in order for uh, Trump to get past his policies that people voted for him.
3: Well, Robert, the chief of staff, uh, to me, they're just a glorified coordinator, because once Trump <laughs> picks all of the people that he wants the chief of staff pretty much just keeps everything moving for all of the different meetings and assignments and stuff that Donald Trump sets forth with Pence. So that way everybody's on time in the meeting rooms and all the different accoutrements or accessories are there. And if they have to do any changes, they coordinate the meetings for that. So I'm thinking, well, where's Corey Lewandowski? He was such a a very loyal person. to Trump... That's a very government. good
0: question. Damn, I forgot. I, for, I forgot about him. Yeah, why not him for uh, chief of staff? I think he would have made a good chief of staff. And, no, but I think he no. Knows. He was on CNN the other night, uh, you know, being you know, talk, you know, you don't know, on their panel, you know, talk about Trump and things of that nature. And you know, they asked him if there may have been some type of position for him. And I, at least I, I think they they asked him about. it. He didn't make any comment on it. But yeah, that's a very good point. You know, why not pick? Uh, Lewandowski for that. That's a very good. Yeah, that's a very good question. I would. Li- I'd like to, to, you know, explore more into that one.
3: Was Newt Gingrich even offered the opportunity for chief of staff? Cause he would. De- i see. I'm. I'm growing close. Where I like Newt more over the last few months that I've heard him, you know, talking on these different shows. I think he's kind of gotten away from the establishment group. But back in the '80s and stuff, when he was in there. I mean, I had problems with some of the, some of these people, man, they talk a good game about the Constitution, and then they pull these tricks, and it just makes me think, wait, you know, this Iran-Concord deal and all these different other problems, these people I just have, I don't know, man. I, I kind of don't know if I remember everything correctly either, but I, Newt is growing on me the last few months, but I was curious. He would know the ins and outs real well, and I think he is more loyal to Trump at this point, and he's got a different view about how he thinks government ought to work because of his insider position. Chief of Staff, with his ear to the ground and all the different things he knows, he might be better than all of them as Chief of Staff, but I don't know if he was even offered that opportunity. Back to you.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I and mean, I agree with, all you know, for – you know all those reasons to be you know myself but uh the answer to your question is no i don't think i was i don't think he was ever even considered for chief of staff unfortunately but i I don't think he ever was i don't think he was ever considered for it i think the one that he was considered most for uh was uh it was frankly secretary of state is the one I've, i've seen more of uh of him being i mean yeah i think chief of staff but i i I've heard of secretary state for for Gingrich, but that's that's about the only cabinet position uh that I'm aware of
3: now, i hope, I hope Trump resists all this noise about Stephen Bannon. I think Bannon is uh you gotta keep that cat. There's just no way around it and the daddy mining guy that worked with him on the digital you know programs to do what they did. I
0: don't remember his name. No, I don't either. And then thanks, Cindy, for the uh, that that clip. I'm going to try to go ahead and uh, I posted it, but for some reason I didn't get a title uh, there on. So I'm going to go ahead and post and put the title of that because there was no um, title associated with that link that you gave me that I'm putting on the. There we go. Let's see. Let me t- yes, we are doing live action here. Okay, yeah, it's a 13-minute uh, a 13 minute video. Thank you. Um, uh, well, and then Cindy pointed out with Gingrich, he may not have put his, uh, his name in the hat, and he may not have. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, I don't know. I don't think Gingrich really wants uh, – I don't think he wants a cabinet position. I don't. Just by hearing things that he said, and I'll be honest, I'm very – as you know, very disappointed about that, um, about him you know, not taking a cabinet position. Uh, you know, he's got his own things he wants to do. And, you know, he's he saying it, and I'm paraphrasing that, you know, having a, a cabinet position would keep him from being able to do that. I mean, that's having a cabinet position is, is pretty much all-consuming, and you really can't do anything else. But, uh who knows, maybe if I could try to get him on, get him on the show, that would be awesome. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see, but, um, but yeah, we'll, um, let, let, let's go back, we'll, we'll go back to that, uh, later, but, uh, yeah, so, well, yeah, Lewandowski, I think that would have been, uh, you know, a good idea. I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I, n- I never even thought about him, uh, you know, and Cindy points out, you know, that's why she's worried about Priebus is, you know, she don't trust him. And then she uh, asks here, um, is, now, because remember when I said earlier in that article I read, Ben Carson turned down uh, the opportunity to be the head of uh, Health and Human Services. And Cindy asks, you know, does does Carson know something that we don't? I mean, and why wouldn't he work uh, with Trump? Why wouldn't he do it? That's a, you know, good question. Uh, I heard it. I heard the <laughs> interview. I'm sorry, John.
3: Oh, I was going to say I heard an interview where Mr. Carson said that he did. He was more inclined to work from the outside, and then he could still advise and counsel from the outside, and he wouldn't be pigeonholed because once you get inside, you get pigeonholed to a certain type of function that you can't really have as broad uh, influence on all the other aspects. You got to focus only on that one department. For some reason, that was his. I'm just kind of paraphrasing the way I understood him to say it, but uh, and, and, that, and that
0: makes sense. And he might have gotten, and he might have gotten that from Gingrich because that's kind of Gingrich's stance. And, and if you recall, uh, actually, it was Gingrich who got Ben Carson was uh, into the election. I mean, I mean, he was pr- promoting him at least uh, before uh, Carson threw his hat. You know, if you read anything or get anything from Gingrich Productions. You know, I, I've seen many an article where, you know, Gingrich is talking about, you know, Ben Carson, you know, Ben Carson running for president. Uh, and so, you know, who knows? I'm sure those two talk. And so, yeah, know, he might be kind of in the same mind, you know, as, as what Trump is doing. Uh, but anyway, I'm being remiss on my duties. I see it's past the bottom of the first hour. And so uh, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network.
3: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at patriotjournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
0: And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to com, and also check out the hashtag PJNet on Twitter. And so we'll go back to our conversation. And the next one I want to talk about, uh, position here, is the Secretary of State. We, we talked on it some. And I've got a, another article here. That uh, you know on this, you know, on this position. And so before I read it, you know, the people who are being considered now, uh, at least, you know, through what I've got here is that for, and there's actually a list uh, for Secretary of State, and I'll tell you which one I think. Of course, it's not Gingrich, but he's actually on this. We've got John Bolton, uh, former uh, United States ambassador, as you know, to the United Nations under George Bush. Uh there's Bob Corker, uh he's from Tennessee and the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh New Gingrich, as we said. And then again, we've got uh Rudy Giuliani, uh, who they're talking about him being Secretary of State. So now well, since they're talking about uh well, you know, I mean still I, I still think he's the front front runner, um, you know, for that. But and, and there was someone else mentioned for possible uh uh, you know, Attorney General, as I said, maybe Jeff Sessions, but we'll see. I mean, I guess Sessions wouldn't be too bad. But anyway, they also have uh, Zalmi uh, Kalazad, uh former ambassador to the Afghanistan. Uh, I heard he's on there, seen that he's on there. I think that would be an awful pick. I think that would be PC in the extreme. Uh, and I think that would really anger a lot of the people who supported him. And also, also now there's a person who might not be bad, um, and that would be Stanley uh, McChrystal, who is a former senior military commander in Afghanistan. Now, that might be more of a uh, defense secretary uh, for that guy, uh, but, you know, that may be a better fit. Now, I feel, you uh, know, Secretary of State goes, I mean, Newt Gingrich would be, I mean, I just think he's, he, he has a demeanor uh, in order to be the Secretary of State. Uh, but now let's see. Uh, one of the uh, p- uh, folks—I'm just call him gentleman, but I don't know if some people consider this guy a gentleman. Uh, no, I think that this guy did a a good job for the most part um, in his position back when he had. Uh, well, I'm read the article first. You can you know find out who it is. But I think the guy did a you know a, a good job in the position that he held in a, a previous administration. Uh, however, if Trump is indeed going to uh, drain the swamp uh, i wouldn't pick this person uh because you know just as it ties to previous uh, previous administrations, so i wouldn't pick him and you know for that for that in and of, you know, that in and of itself uh and Rand Paul actually would not pick this guy either, and this is why, and as I read you get through this article, you'll find out. Uh, And this is on Reason.com, and this article was from yesterday. And it says, Senator Rand Paul is not happy with the news that the former U.N. ambassador, John Bolton, may get nominated for Secretary of State in the upcoming Trump administration. Paul wrote today in an op-ed at Rare that one of the things I occasionally liked about the president-elect with his opposition to the Iraq war and regime change. He not only grasped the mistake – I wish I could speak in Ron Paul's voice. He's got a very distinct voice. But anyway, to see he not only grasped the mistake of that war early, but also seemed to fully understand how it disrupted the balance of power in the Middle East and even emboldened Iran. We liberated Iraq, but today their best friend is Iran. Their second greatest ally is Russia. And the third strongest alliance is with Syria. Trump really seems to get the lesson Hillary Clinton never did. Uh, but the Bolton News, Paul thinks, casts doubts on whether or not Trump has any non interventionist sense. John Bolton never learned and never will. John Bolton more often stood with Hillary Clinton and against what Donald Trump has advised. None of this is a secret. It's all out there. Perhaps the incoming administration should take a closer look. Paul goes on to point out that Trump was willing to say the Iraq invasion was a mistake based on lies. Bolton also thought that it was the, it was right that we should have intervened to overthrow Gaddafi in Libya, another decision candidate Trump decried. Further Paul writes, the fact that Russia has a ba- has had a base in Syria for 50 years doesn't deter Bolton from calling out uh, calling for all-out no holds bar war in Syria. Bolton criticized the current administration for offering only a tepid war. For Bolton, only a hot-blooded war to create democracy across the globe is demanded. Paul even willing, uh, is even willing to go to the implicit chicken halt argument. Uh, Bolton would not understand the dangers of war because, like many of his generation, he has used every privilege to avoid serving himself. Bolton said, with the threat of Vietnam draft over his head, that he had no desire to die in a Southeast Asian rice paddy. But he seems to be okay with your son and daughters dying wherever his neoconservative impulses lead. Even before the Iraq War, John Bolton was the leading brain behind the neoconservative war and conquest agenda, notes the American conservative John Ootley. Paul concludes, bluntly, President-elect Donald Trump campaigned on changing our disastrous foreign policy. To appoint John Bolton would be a major first step towards breaking that promise. And so, um, let's see. Yeah, there's there's more to that, but I think that's a good place to to end that. Uh, So, John Bolton as the Secretary of State. What do you think, John? And then I'll tell you what I am. Uh, yeah, um, yes, uh, Cindy, I'm seeing your posts. I was reading the article, and I will uh, get to them, I promise. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to those. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to give us a call in, because, of course, Cindy, we always like to hear your voice. But, John, let's go ahead and get your comments. What do you think about uh, the possibility of uh, John Bolton being the Secretary of State?
3: Uh, I'm not too keen on the idea, and part of it is because I think whoever's in that spot needs to be somebody that's not going to try to push us to become a part of the UN as our governing. I think he's well, one of and, those that wants to push us to the point that UN's overseeing a lot more of what goes on in the governing of the United States. So, And he was the U.S. ambassador, ambassador to
0: uh, the United Nations. United Nations.
3: I know, but I think he would be working in that capacity at anything to do with the UN. He would be trying to undermine the sovereignty of the United States to move us towards a UN kind of governing, and I, that's I have a problem with that. I, to me, out of all the people you listed, Newt Gingrich would be the best one out of them, and I still, you know, I'm not totally 100% on that. But hey. You got to pick what you got. Who would to pick you like from. to see
0: as Secretary of State?
3: I don't really know anybody that I'd like to see as Secretary of State. I don't know anybody. I mean, the best one out of the ones you listed to me was Newt.
0: Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that would be. Uh, I think that'd be. Yeah, me, me too. I think he would be the best one. And you know, when I mentioned Corker, uh, Cindy would like to have screened. Into uh, a phone <clears throat> or a microphone, uh, saying Corker, no, total rhino. Corker will not agree to repeal, to the repeal of Obama care. Uh, now, of course, maybe with him being the Secretary of State, he won't have time to worry about that. Uh, and then I like that. I like that, Cindy. She says, uh, Newt would be like a Benjamin Franklin. Uh, and gosh, That's I wish true. I was a historian, uh, but. That, that's what she would compare New Gingrich to as Secretary of State.
3: Hey, Robert, something yeah. that I want to I make sure we point out here too, if, if I remember correctly, and, and you guys check this out and correct me if I'm wrong, is if you go back and look at the Iran deal, the Bob Corker Amendment was the amendment that flipped the basis of the vote from approval to disapproval. They did that as a strategy tactic to give cover, so that way the people that, you know, was for it could say that they voted against it. And then because they're, they flipped the basis of the vote without flipping the formula, this is one of them scammy tricks that they used to try to get things – they did it on on uh, the – what was it, the other – anyway, I can't think of it right off the top of my head – but that was a trick that they play in order to give cover for the people that say, oh, I voted against it. Well, yeah, you voted against it because when you flip the formula, the 60-vote threshold, it normally would take only 41 votes to defeat it. Now it takes to defeat it, see? So whenever you know that you want mm-hmm. to – do you know what I'm trying to say? Are you following yes, me? Yes,
0: I am.
1: Okay.
3: Yes, I am. So, So they changed the basis of the vote from the approval of – you know, the Iran deal to disapproval because normally it would take only 41 votes to disapprove it under regular order coming to the floor with the regular balance of, you know, the 60-100 ratio thing. I'm not sure how to communicate it. But because his amendment flipped that, it gave them cover to only have to have um, 60 people to pass it under disapproval and giving cover for everybody that wanted to say they were against it, and that's what that's how this Iran thing got passed and gave cover for a lot of the Republicans and Democrats that wanted to make it look like that they were really against it, because they got fifty-eight votes and they needed sixty, and because they got only fifty-eight, mm-hmm. it passed because it was put on the basis of disapproval, Pools and oranges. Because if the normal order is on approval and you have to have sixty-two. Approve of it on normal order Then you should have brought it to the floor On you know Continuing that or flip the Actual percentage So that it only took 41 Votes to disapprove of it You see what I mean it said algebra mm-hmm.
0: But anyway <laughs> Damn algebra Yeah but um, I've got here that uh, and Cindy You know points out with Benjamin Franklin uh, It says Benjamin Franklin was sent To France to enlist their help with Revolutionary War, Uh, their help was the difference between success and failure for the Americans. He was also the one who got the men in the Constitutional Convention, Constitutional Convention, to stop arguing and work together. He was quite the diplomat, and that's one. No, and I agree. That's that's the big one. I was thinking, Cindy is is quite the diplomat, and I think uh, Gingrich is very diplomatic, and also, and I think you you can learn that by what he had deal with uh, dealing with the House of Representatives. Uh, When he was Speaker of the House, I think he, you know, got some diplomacy there. Plus, you know, he knows history, and I think it's very important for uh, Secretary of State to know history uh, the way that he does. And he does have some, you know, some military experience background as well, not, you know, personally, you know, in the military. Uh, But remember, we're putting out the uh, the petition to have Gingrich uh, be the vice president that we sent to Trump. Then uh, you know we, we made some comments on that. I was trying to look for that because I want I wanted to read that uh, you know those comments you know that the military ones on the show. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to to get that you know on time in order to have it prepared for the for tonight's show. Maybe uh, Cindy, you can uh, find that either in an email or in uh, on the site that we had the uh, the petition uh, for that. And so now what's your thoughts on this? And then we'll we'll move over to the, uh, you know, another position is well, what's your thoughts on, let's just bring him up. How about Rand Paul, Secretary of State? You know, if we have it where uh, he doesn't, you know, Gingrich doesn't, you know, want to do it or doesn't get offered it or what have you. Uh, what do you think of Rand Paul? Someone say, you know, he'd be better off, you know, running the Fed or, or something of that nature. Uh, but you know, since he's brought up in the article, I mean, I think it'd be—I think it, you want to talk about someone who's going to make sure that it's in the United States' best interest to go to war. Uh, I can't think of anybody. In, okay, of course, Gingrich. But I mean, anyone besides Gingrich, I can't think of anyone else uh, who would be more, you know, staunchly defend <laughs> and make sure we don't go into, into any wars that doesn't uh, that doesn't benefit the United States.
3: He would definitely be very cautious and very pro no, you know, war. So I'm. Well, he'd be there, dovish, I, I would think. Say that again.
0: I think he'd be dovish in a way. I mean, not not that I you know, I mean, not. I mean, I, I to be honest, I'm probably more than a, more of a little bit more of a hawk than a dove. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. To be honest, I'm kind of you know in the middle of that. Um, so uh, you know, I don't know what. With birds that you would that, that you would say I'm not a hawk and I'm not a dove. Uh, how about an eagle? I I won't be super presumptuous to say that. Um, but you I'm, know, you know, some somewhere in the, somewhere in the middle there.
3: <laughs> even, even though I agree with you in the basic general sentiment of what you're saying, some of the concerns that I have in that sense too is. Um, Because Rand Paul now has ran for president and he had so many different corporate entities backing him, trying to give him an opportunity to win, I'm concerned that, you know, some of these people, we need to find out what ties they have with these corporate organizations. Otherwise, they're going to just do stuff like Clinton was doing where they can set up a third-party, you know, shell company in Canada and then filter campaign donations through it in an indirect way while they turn a blind eye, you know, like Clinton was doing for USB at some of these different companies whenever they were supposed to be, uh, I guess, clamping down on them to make sure that they were being responsible parties on the global scene. And then they turn around and said, oh, no, we're going to leave it up to do you. You ever seen Clinton Cash, that movie?
0: No, I did not, unfortunately.
3: Okay. Well, there's I don't remember all the details, but there's one place in there. There's several different examples that it explains how Clinton and them were doing this trick. But um, one of them is like Ericsson and US, UBS and these different companies that are foreign, you know, multinational corporate global companies, and they would have them, they'd be up, For some kind of deal That the Secretary of State Has to give a clearance on And Mrs. Clinton Would basically just say Hey, we're not going to do anything about it We're just going to leave it up to the company To police themselves And then, bam, Then next thing you know There's hundreds of millions of dollars Going into the Clinton Foundation Through a third party group From that particular entity Because now they're not going to court And there's going to be no proceedings You know, and I'm but anyway, Clinton Cash. If you ever get a
0: chance to watch that, it's playing it a lot better. Definitely, and I mean, and you know, I've got that uh, that video, Cindy, and I don't know if we'll we'll play it uh, tonight. I mean, I may I may try to. It's a thirty minute uh, video, so I don't I don't know if the video would get, go as well for audio because I haven't had a chance to to look at it. Uh, but I think it's a good segue to our our our, our next uh, position we're going to look at. And, uh, Susan, we will get you in on the line after this, uh, is that – actually, I think that might be Gene, uh, but we'll, we'll get you in. Uh, but what that is uh, is the Secretary of the Treasury, and the, and the reason I'm going to go to that one is one of the picks uh, and, and has to do with, you know, something you just stated earlier. Now, the people from Secretary of uh, Treasury that we're getting here is uh, – uh, Tim Pawlenty, you know, former Minnesota, you know, Minnesota governor. Uh, we also have Thomas uh, Barack Jr. You know, through my understanding, no relation to uh, Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he is the founder and chairman, and executive chairman of Colony Capital, uh, which is a private equity and real estate uh, investor. Uh, we also have uh, John Hensling, uh, Hensling, uh That's H-E-N-S-A-R-L-A-N-G. Uh, he's a representative from Texas and chairman of the House Financial Services Committee. Uh, but then we also have Stephen Mnuchin, uh, who is a former Goldman Sachs executive and Trump's campaign finance chairman. That is unfortunate who I think he may pick uh, because he was his campaign finance chairman. That may be, But I do not. And I think you guys heard why I do not want him. And you mentioned connections earlier. Uh, John. And I do not want to see that guy get it because I don't want anyone uh, anyone at least in the Secretary of Treasury position uh, who is related to Goldman Sachs uh, because Glo- Goldman Sachs, you know, in my, I believe is part of the globalist movement or at least, you know, multinational corporations, you know, movements that care more about themselves than, of course, the United States. Uh, but I don't want anybody associated with Goldman Sachs uh, being our Secretary of Treasury,
3: I vote Ron Paul for Secretary of Treasury,
0: yeah, I thought he would be a yeah well and actually I thought that would be a good uh I think that'd be a good spot for him as well uh, just you know to be honest, I have to look more into uh his financial background not that not but like his taxes and things of that nature just what what kind of financial knowledge uh, that he can, you know, he talked about end defense and stuff, but I, I'd have to look more into his financial knowledge uh, to give him the, um, you know, what he needs in order to be successful in and in, as, as a secretary of treasury. You know, I just don't I know if he's got Ron, uh, the background. In it. I
3: did say Ron, not. I'm Rand, sorry? Paul. I did say Ron, Paul, not Rand, Paul.
0: Oh, you said Ron, Paul. Yeah, uh, that's that, that, that's, a, that's a possibility, but I don't I don't even know what you know. So, I mean what financial background he he does i would think that you know anyone uh that i think that fits the, the bill better you could go let me mention this person and then uh, you go on with uh with what you're going to say is i mean I, if i had to pick of any of those folks there i mean i would pick uh uh thomas barack junior uh the you know he's a, you know he's not from government you know he's you know ceo of a of a large company you know, equity, real estate, you know, things of that nature. So I think he would be a better, a better pick. But go ahead with uh, the comments you're going to do. Uh, the, the,
3: the concern I have with all of these people, even you know, they were talking about Jamie Dimon, you know, running. If you're a big corporate global governing CEO, you're going to push us towards the UN. I mean, all of these corporate CEO people. I mean, not all of them. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. But ninety percent of them are more interested in corporate global governing, and that you're throwing away in my opinion based on the t p p and a number of other things you're basically throwing away the sovereignty of our nation for corporate governance of the entire world, and there where the corporations have sovereignty over the individuals and the individuals no longer have any kind of sovereignty but voting right now is still just almost a dog and pony show because you don't really have any (laughs) power once you vote they just get into office and do what they want so we need to try to figure out who will help trump stay accountable and to fulfill the promises made by to the we the people because otherwise it was just another smoke and mirrors trick to get into office so they could scam us.
0: Let's go ahead and get uh let's get Gene's thoughts uh on on these uh possibilities. Thank you very much, Jane, for coming to the show. How are you tonight, sir? This is Jane we got on or is this Susan?
1: I'm I'm not sure
0: what he did. Oh, okay. I guess it's Susan. I'm sorry, Susan. I thought I was I thought I had Gene on the line. Go ahead. I I got I got the numbers uh, slipped. Must be my dyslexia. No, folks, I don't really have that. I'm just saying that, and I'm not trying to be offensive to people who have it. Go ahead, Susan. <laughs> Click the one.
1: That well, was I'm glad, glad to hear
0: you're going to make it. How, how, how's the dance recital tonight? Oh,
1: that, it, it, she always has fun. You didn't ask how I
0: was.
1: Hi. <laughs> and you need to get closer to your
0: phone so we can hear you better. Let let let's get it so we can hear you better.
1: Okay. What do you want to
0: hear? Ah, there you go.
1: What do you want
0: to hear? Oh, I want. What you do You were you were sounding really good there. Now I'm not. Now I'm not hearing you yet.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know what is wrong. I think I need a new phone, and I don't want to go in debt. Unless Donald Trump will buy me a new phone.
0: No, that's Obama, uh, uh, not not Trump. <laughs>
1: um. Well, uh, did you hear Ben Carson refused? Uh,
0: yes. PC? Yes, we yeah you know, we talked about that a little bit. You you got some more details for us?
1: Um. You know, I I put an article in the group and uh, a link I found, and he apparently doesn't want. He doesn't know if he can handle it, you know, and all that, and the federal government and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, you don't uh, think
0: J- have- J- uh, yeah. John mentioned something about him saying he didn't want to be pigeonholed.
1: Well, what does he think he was doing? I love him, but you know what? What does he think he was doing when he was running for president? He'd have to deal with the cabinet and himself and his own position, which is federal government. So he would have pigeonholed himself anyway. Well,
3: Susan, I think he felt that as a president, he would have a broad brush to be able, or be able to work on all the different aspects. Whereas if he gets stuck in one department, he doesn't get to advise and counsel for other departments and other issues that may relate and interact with the problems in that department. Whereas as
1: president, you can deal with all the problems. I think if it was the health and welfare or whatever, whatever secretary something to do with the health department or something. I think there's a lot of things to do on there, and he's a doctor, so I think it would be a a good thing for him. But, you know, he'll have to do as he has to do, and um, I don't know. I mean, I I think Trump is talking to Ted Cruz and different Sarah Palin and others and different. I don't know what he's going to do. I really don't. Don't
0: say Sarah Palin. We're going to talk about her later. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's good, Jack.
1: Well, um, I'm just saying that I don't know. I, I, you know, he could change his mind several times before he actually is sworn in. Okay. So, um, did you hear that Hillary is crying and angry that the FBI director and um, who was the other oh one yeah, it's his fault
0: she didn't get elected.
1: Well, not just his, but uh, someone else, something else. I can't even remember right now. But she's upset over situations, and Bill said that is not what caused her to have a problem. Bill was, Bill's angry. He threw his phone out the second story, a third story window or something. He's not happy with her. He's not happy with any of it. So. Um, I don't know how long they'll last as a couple with this mess. Not long, I don't think. Well, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, because they stayed together for political purposes, not uh, you know, not any kind of love or anything of that nature. I think that's pretty apparent.
1: Well, yeah, but now if she doesn't run again, and and she is getting too old after four years later. Uh, oh,
0: oh, yeah, oh yeah, she won't run again. She's done. Yay.
1: Obama too. She blames everyone but herself. So. Oh, Obama's
0: gonna no Obama's young, he's he's not out of it. About, he won't run again, but he ain't out of it. I, I could see, you know, if a Democrat ever does get into office in four to eight years, you'll you'll see Obama back and he'll he'll wanna be the head of the UN. Or he'll wanna be the UN ambassador. Or well, the Bernie head of it.
1: Sanders? Bernie Sanders. Or he'll, he'll wanna be the head he, of the UN. He's upset that Democrats can't talk to white people. <laughs> I agree. I, I have to agree, with them. they don't. They they pay no attention to anything but what they, you know, their own wants and needs and desires and all that. And uh, and Lou Dobbs has warned Trump and the lawmakers that Paul Ryan is a snake in the grass. So it's kind of an insult to snakes, but you know he is. He is. If you want. Yeah, to I know. Him, My daughter
0: is. has one of those. You what? I said, yeah, you said it's an insult to snakes. I thought I know it is. My daughter has one. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, my daughter
0: has a pet snake. Yeah.
1: So, um, anyway. Um, oh, a World Net Daily man. author has for a job in the Trump administration. Theodore Roosevelt Malick. Uh, the, one of the authors for World Net Daily. I use them a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joseph, Joseph Farah if I'm pronouncing his name right, um, one of his authors is being recommended. And I love World Net Daily. I I love them. They're very truthful. They're very, you know, there's not a lot I can say that's bad about. Oh, and by the way, California and Oregon are proposing secession from the United States. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, we,
0: we, we, let, let's be honest, folks. I mean, we can't we can't really blast them for that because there's been many times that we've heard we've talked about this on the show, uh, where um, where Texas has talked about that. So, I mean, we can't you know we can't blame the liberal states. If we're gonna blame if we're not gonna blame the, the you know the, the the conservative or more conservative I should say states uh, for for wanting to do it.
1: Well, I'm just hey, asking about.
0: Yes, John.
3: If if um, California and Oregon don't be careful, you know, with all of the fault lines out there and the earthquakes, they might fall off into the ocean <laughs> and get seceded
0: anyway. Yeah, they might have to be they might float out there
1: too. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> oh oh oh, Robert! One funny thing I don't you didn't probably see it. Um, my son put one of those little you know the pictures and that thing and It shows cars leaving. Um, hey, liberals, wanting to move to Canada. What's wrong with Mexico, you racist bastard? <laughs> yeah, no, no,
0: yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, it's warmer. You'd think they'd want to go to Mexico. It's warmer there, right? Yeah, why don't go to Mexico? Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, I, I see we got one. To get, uh, Kelly wants to get on the line, and then we're going to move on uh, to the uh, you know to the next position we want to you know want to discuss tonight. So let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you today, tonight?
3: Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm uh, traveling right now, but uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear me okay. Um, Let's see. Speaking of traveling,
0: speaking of traveling, I want to mention this while I'm thinking about it because I've been wanting to say this on all the shows. Okay, August 21st, 2017, I will be in Nebraska. So hopefully the folks such as yourself, Kelly, and you – Susan will be able to meet me one day in that week in Nebraska. Come come east. I'm taking taking me and uh, the family. We're going to Nebraska, so my other family members are going to Nebraska. Meet us there. It would be awesome. August 21st is when we're going to be there that week of August 21st. We're going there to go see the total solar eclipse. That is, that is going across America. Try to make plans to to come see me. I'm coming west. I'm, I'm coming west. You guys go east some. But go ahead, Kelly. Speaking of traveling, <laughs> it'd be well, great to see you.
3: Um, well, I would certainly enjoy that. The uh, yeah, I tell you what happened though at
0: uh,
1: the battle
3: just the night before Custer's last stand. Uh, he talks to the truth, and he says, "I got some." Uh, Bad news and I got some good news. Oh yeah, what's the bad news? Tomorrow all the Indians of the world are gonna ride down on top of us. I don't think we're gonna survive. Well what's the good news then? Well we won't we won't have to go home to Nebraska. Oh wow. <laughs> okay, Nebraska uh, yeah, I, I am okay. No, to, to,
0: to be to be totally candid, I have been looking for things to do while we're out there. Um uh, and I'm, I'm having some difficulty, so if you guys can help me, uh, but you know, now I'm, I picked Nebraska. One, it's the farthest west uh, that my family will uh, will be okay driving to, because um, at this point it's too expensive to fly for me. Um, and then as uh, well, uh, the farthest west they'll the go. Universe. Plus, uh, the farther west you go, the the, the better chance it's going to be a clear day on that day of the uh, total solar eclipse.
3: Oh, okay. Well, okay. Solar clip. Well, um, one thing it was a neat experience was uh, when I traveled across Nebraska several times. If you're heading west, it's really flat and you get uh, if you head west near a couple hours before sunset, it's kind of an amazing calming effect because you get a really long sunset and you can you know, Nebraska where all you can see for miles and miles is well miles and miles um anyway <laughs> you know what the end of the nebraska football helmet stands for
0: nowhere <laughs> nothing
3: oh that's a good one nowhere no it stands for knowledge that's because well i went to iowa state and they creamed us in football every every year man so we had to console uh, ourselves with some kind of <laughs> anyway um okay so yeah i would like that um Can't make any promises. But, uh, all
1: right, so anyway,
3: let's see here. A number of things to talk about. Oregon and California are going to secede from the union. Well, if they get Congress's approval, they can sure do that. Um, Actually, we've had a secession movement. Not really a secession, there is a constitutional way to become a state, and that is by the um, state legislature approving it for a state split. And then Congress approves it. You don't need the president's signature. And right now in Northern California, mostly conservative, mostly uh, Republican. I mean, it was it was a stunning. I got a poll tape from a, uh, a precinct. I'll, I'll read with you later. Some interesting things with that. But uh, it's all strong Trump. It's ridiculous. Like 230 to 80 Hillary, or was it 50 Hillary? It's just really stunning. So the North State, over 20 counties. Sent a declaration, um, you know, like a declaration of facts, or not declaration of independence per se, but it was a declaration to the state house saying, "Look, we're done. Okay, you don't represent us. You don't care about us. Your policies are crashing our economies. We want out." And in 1941, they tried another secession movement between southern Southern Oregon and Northern California, and it made a lot of progress. So, you know, who knows? It could be a really strange thing. I mean, that's a local movement. But who knows? If California and Oregon want us to secede, then maybe what they'll do is they'll say, okay, the uh, United States Congress will say, okay, if you uh, allow the state of Jefferson to happen, then uh, we will go ahead and uh, let you do that. So you'll be Oregon and, well, California, and then in the middle will be the state of Jefferson. But, uh, you know... If that happened, there might be more, well, I don't know if I'd call myself a conservative, but more of a libertarian point of view um, affecting the rest of the country, particularly if L.A. and San Francisco are gone. I think, I think L.A. has like five congressmen, something like that. It's quite astounding. But anyway, let's go back to Attorney General. Um, Giuliani doesn't want it. Um, Trey Gowdy, I don't trust him.
0: Although he puts You up said some Giuliani doesn't want it?
3: He doesn't want it.
0: Something else. Did you where 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 did you see that at? I'm not uh, disbelieving you, I just I haven't seen that.
3: Well, I think yeah, I think I heard the InfoWars. Roger Stone. Roger Stone, he's uh, Infowars, he's like a consultant to Trump. Um, so Giuliani Real, want sure, to, with with
0: uh, with as much talk, which as much talk have I seen really uh, Ju, you know, Giuliani do, especially like on Sean Hannity and stuff like that. They, uh, you know, shows like that. I mean, he keeps talking as if he wants to be the prosecutor. Well, not prosecutor, want to Hillary Clinton, but he wants but to be the attorney po- general.
3: Well, it's like Ben Carson doesn't want to be the director of health and human services. He might be vying for a better position. Giuliani might be looking for the Supreme Court. I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, um, so then you go to um, Sessions. Sessions uh, likes the Constitution. I I would like to see him, and uh, I'd like to see him be uh, a potential uh, attorney general. And you think about it, too. Do you um, think he'd go after Hillary? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Well, see, uh, Trump, See, Trump has to handle this very delicately, okay? So if Trump um, appoints Sessions as the Attorney General, uh, Trump Trump has stated he will have independent prosecution for um, Hillary. That's so true. Sessions, he did yeah, yeah, so Sessions would basically work with Trump to appoint independent prosecution. And I'm not sure if Congress has to – I'd have to look at the statutes – if Congress has to approve it or not, Congress can call for independent prosecution. By the way, um, Title 28, United States Code. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing. But it, the reality is, with as much lawlessness and the number of murders she has committed, and you know, point blank treason, what other people went to jail for, with, with uh, security breaches, the server, and yada yada, um, you can't let that go. Because if we have a lawless nation where you can do all this stuff, what's the point? More corrupt people are going to get in, and, and you're, you just, lawlessness will just destroy a country. So, anyway, that's uh, my thoughts on that. Um, let's see. We've you've had a lot of topics tonight. I'm kind of listening. Um, I don't know. Throw a question at me, I guess.
0: Well, I'm getting here from Carolyn from the chats, um, or Caroline. Uh, she said that uh, it appears Gary Johnson um, took a lot of votes from Trump in many of the states. Now, I know when I was doing the, let's see if I can find uh, find that. I know when I was doing the uh, exit uh, the exit poll uh, on the election night last week. Uh, Gary Johnson did take, uh, I think he had like 2.3% of, uh, yeah, he had 2.3% of the people in the exit poll. Now, I mean, 2.3% doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, However, you know, 2.3%, you know, I mean, I can be across the country. That's indicative of the country. I mean, I can be, you know, tens of thousands of people.
3: Well, when you have a hundred,
0: he got four percent in Colorado, which doesn't surprise me.
3: Yeah, I'll bet Texas he got a lot higher percentage. In um, uh, I've got the I've got the poll tape from an electronic voting machine from a precinct, and out of like uh, I want to say three hundred some votes, um, Gary Johnson got a big six, a big six out of sixty-six votes where I voted. Saw the poll tape the next day. Gary Johnson got like three. Um, Jill Stein actually got three or four there too. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, um, she got one
0: point three percent where I was at, and I'm in a really yeah. conservative area.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's 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 interesting. Um. The uh, off. see I, I don't. Because I'm, I'm driving, I, I'll be off the road in a few minutes, but. Basically, there was a race in California, there's two unique races. Um, one is where two senators, uh, they were both Democrat running for the United States Senate. Well, how'd that happen? Um, in California, they have a new thing where in the primaries, the top two candidates, whatever party, they have a runoff in the general election. So if you have two Republicans that were the top two, then they'd be in the runoff in the general election. Uh, Um, you know, two Democrats, top two of all candidates for U.S. Senate, and they would be in the runoff the general. So it was Sanchez versus Harris, and I voted for Harris, the advice of a friend. Um, But, yeah, I'm like, where's the Republicans? Where's the independents? Where's the – huh? What's interesting is that the um, preferential voting, if you will, um, occurs where, yeah, all the different parties, whoever had the most – that was a unique thing. The other thing I found unique was in a state house race there was no Democrat. There was a Republican and a Libertarian running. Of course I voted for the Libertarian. And looking at other similar races, there's you know, State House Senate, State House Assembly, and then you got the Trump and kind of the ratios the ratios between Republican Democrat and again Republican Democrat and the certo and Republican Libertarian. The the libertarians just a little under um, the other races. It was really surprising. I'm like, really, that many people voted for this libertarian candidate. Um, I I didn't know who he was. I just like, okay, libertarian, woohoo. But you know, if if say the Democratic Party just imploded from infighting or what have you, and the libertarians took over. Um, we could see something similar to the Republican Democrats now. And, of course, you've always got the close race. It's a close race. It's a close race. It's a close You know, they've been saying it's, you know, 2000, 2004, 2008 with uh, McCain and, and Obubu. Um Oh, it's a close race between not uh, McCain and oh, really. How about, oh, close race between Romney and Obama. Oh, close race, close race, close race. Okay. Why are they doing that in the media? Why? It prevents a third party from emerging. You know, it's the oh, I hate this guy, so I'm going to vote for that guy. Oh no, I hate that other guy, so I'm going to vote for this guy. That that game show. Mm-hmm. As long as the media can keep this bunk close very a third party is going to be really hard to emerge unless we have another Ross Perot. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just well, mind well,
0: Speaking of that, it looks like a uh, real quick. Uh, Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, said that in Colorado, uh, she has here that he got um, 111,000 votes in Colorado. Huh?
3: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I mean, well, yep. yeah. I well, I think Gary Johnson's pretty much done because people are starting, even Libertarians. We're noticing that his faculties aren't quite there, and we're wondering if it's, he's climbed too many high mountains and had oxygen deficiency. I'm not trying to say that to be <laughs> jesting, but I, um, I was talking to another libertarian. Actually, has been on the show before, uh, Donald Sheldon from Florida. He was, he was wondering about some of the same concerns. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, it, I think, I think we're going to see. Uh, I think that's going to be the end of Gary Johnson's. He was for quite a while uh, in New Mexico. He yeah. a lot of good there. Prevented, he prevented an awful lot of growth of government there. Um, yeah, so here's a here's poll tape I got. This is just kind of, you know, watch the vote, go do something about it. Poll tape, 335 total votes. It was from two precincts, actually. Um, it was from two precincts, and we have here... Joe Stein had four, Hillary Clinton had 80, Donald Trump had 230, and Gary Johnson had six. So that's about a four-to-one between Hillary and Trump.
1: Mm-hmm. And I told
3: you about the kids, Harris, and the two Democrats. Um, you know, so remember that number, 230 to 80. Okay, well, we got Republicans again in the uh, House of Representatives, Doug LaMont, he got 237. Jim Reed, Democrat, got 82. That, that close, 230, something to 80. Uh, Ted Gaines, 219. Rob Brown he was a Democrat, 94. Um, assembly. Brian Dahl, 235 to Don Conan, 71. Okay? So it's like, wait a minute. This this, this Libertarian, when there was no Democrat, did very close to what the uh, um, Democrat would have done. It's just a real interesting observation. And I'm sure the Libertarian Party, if they haven't figured this out, they need to be told, look, look at these races where there was only a Libertarian versus a Republican. Or Libertarian versus a Democrat. Because I think what could really happen here is a third party could emerge if people started seeing this. The down-ballot candidates are the best chance. Um... If they get um, down-ballot candidates in state houses and down-ballot candidates in in Congress, um, we're going to have a breakthrough with the third party. Um, But, you know, there's another factor, I'll just fill this out for, you know, election integrity and election fraud, or watching for election fraud, is that um, there's a suspicion. I only can say it's a suspicion because I can't prove it. But let's paint a scenario. Let's say it was Donald Trump, 60%, Hillary, 30 and then there was um, 5 and 5. You know, 5, Jill Stein, 5 for Gary um, Johnson. Or, you know, just flip around, 60, Hillary, 30, Trump, and then 5 and 5. If there was that huge of a landslide, all right, you better believe the next election you better believe a third party could emerge. Um with that. But when you we're have
0: Yeah, we're definitely gonna be talking more about that uh you know, after after inauguration day, that's for certain.
3: Yeah. So if if you have a
0: landslide
3: of, you know, sixty thirty, the next election the dualopoly is gonna be a hurting bad. So that brings up the suspicion Okay, maybe Trump did win, but he actually won by ten or fifteen points more. If they're going to commit election fraud, they still give the winner that people expect. But you got to have a close race in the reported numbers, or a third party will emerge. It's you know I've been contacting a couple of libertarians about some of these um, suspicions. Um, here's something I just I got USA Today from um, yesterday front page, here we go, Obama, Trump won, comma, accepted, and that's how democracy works, the president says, speaks optimistically about his successor, and you know, he will be the 45th president of the United States, and it's up to him to set up a team that he thinks will serve him well, and reflect his policies, and those who didn't vote for him have to recognize that that's how democracy works. That's how the system operates. Um, So I find that interesting that Obama got that wrong. Because we're not a democracy. Does anybody know what we are? Does anybody know what we are?
0: Oh, a republic, yeah. Democratic republic. No.
3: I thought we were a constitutional representative republic.
0: That's close, more, yeah, more.
3: That's probably more it. We uh, are a representative. Uh, go ahead, Cindy. Just,
1: like,
3: Is that Cindy or Susan? Yeah, I
1: said Benjamin Franklin. No, a, Repu-
3: a republic, if you can keep it. Um, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. A republic, if you can keep it. Um, represent.
1: Uh, yeah, FDR.
3: Go ahead. Go ahead. The Constitution says a republican form of government. Yep, the California flag says it's got a big bear on it. California Republic. We uh, we are a representative republic. It's not a democracy. Democracy is three lambs and two lions deciding what's for lunch. It's three kids telling. Mom and dad to tackle cake for breakfast. That's a true democracy. And uh, actually, in one of the Greeks, the, the, the Greeks in Athens, it was where the, the seat of democracy uh, started. And they actually had elections where they would remove people <laughs> from office, vote to remove the following, and they kept removing people. Anyway, um, so a, a republic starts with a charter, You know, i.e. the Magna Carta or the Constitution. And, of course, we have representation through that. But it's interesting that uh, Obubo got that wrong. He's been in office eight years as a president. He calls it a democracy. FDR, his former counterpart, uh, before the D-Day invasion, I mean, it's pretty much the uh, landing craft was already in the water. He made a radio announcement. And he said, let's pray for this, uh, you know, let's pray for the soldiers. And at the end of his prayer, he said, God save our republic.
0: And that, I think, is a good segue into our next uh, department we want to look at, and that is the Secretary of Defense. So Thank you for that segue, Kelly, without even realizing it. Um <laughs> so what we've got here uh and some of these are interesting. Uh some of these, uh and we'll go down there one is again here's a a common name that keeps coming up and, and I think this guy maybe and uh uh maybe a, you know, a good pick. Uh, there's two here that I'm kind of leaning towards. Uh the first one is of course Jeff Sessions uh from Alabama. He's going to be in there somewhere just this, this, this is you know he's on this list too. And then there is uh, John Kyle. Uh, Now, he's a a former senator of Arizona. Why Kyle's on there, I really don't know. And then we've got uh, Duncan Hunter uh, from California, and he was a Marine Reserve officer uh, who served both in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then we've got uh, uh, Stephen uh, Hadley, the National Security Advisor under George W. Bush, and then Tom Cotton. Uh, from Arkansas, who, you know, did see some combat in Iraq and Afghanistan and as uh, an Army infantry officer. Now, for me, the first one I would want to discount and say, nope, nope, not going to do it, is uh, Stephen Haley. Uh Once again, you know, I, I don't want to – I used to think, yeah, it's a good idea, um, you know, to pick people from you know, other uh, – administrations, you know, to, to help out. But I think if Trump's going to, you know, stay too true to his word and drain the swamp and, and be his own man, you know, or president or whatever, then I don't think he should be using too many folks from previous administrations. Uh, so I think, you know, having the National Security Advisor uh, from the George W. Bush administration, I think that just in and of itself, uh, because what uh, Trump has said, you know, I should disqualify him. Uh, personally, I think that uh, the other ones, except for John Kyle, I mean, I think Tom Cotton, uh, Duncan Hunter, or, or Jeff Sessions uh, would be um, would be the ones. I you know, I say yeah, I, I could see that. And I think of all of them, I would say um, it would have to be between a uh, Duncan Hunter and uh, Tom Cotton. And for you in the in the chat, go ahead and uh, put the the name of the one. Uh that's Carolyn, uh Cindy, uh, who are commenting in the chat. Uh yeah, put down which one of those two you would rather see and, and maybe why. Uh, you know, some kind of you know torn between those two. Uh you know, at least these are the the people on the short list. I'm sure there's plenty of other people who aren't on these short lists that, you know, people would want to recommend. But we'll just uh, talk about these uh as of right now and then perhaps later on down the line, uh not tonight, but maybe a subsequent show, we'll do that. But, you know, I'm kind of torn between, uh, you know, Cotton and Hunter uh, are, the, are the two that I would, uh, you know, I would pick. I, I might be more um, – more lean, I think I might be leaning more towards uh, Cotton than Duncan Hunter, uh, but that's who I um, – that's what I think. Now, one person – now, here's an article. Gosh, let's see if I still have it. Um, now, this is someone who would be interesting. And I think, eh, maybe. Maybe this would be someone. Uh, and so you, you've heard of people, you know, of Trump, you know, oh, my gosh, he needs to reach across the aisle, which normally I'm like, no, nope, when, you know, as, as Obama puts, you know, elections have consequences. So the idea of putting a, a Democrat, okay, in, uh, you know, in any kind of, you know, cabinet position, you know, you know, which what you know, with him trite I guess. Uh but there's one who I think possibly uh could fit in as uh the secretary of defense and maybe a good one. And let me and, and, and I was really impressed with and he ran for president on the Democrat tickets. I'm not gonna say who it was yet, but I'll read the article and you can, you know, figure out who it uh who it is. Um and i I'll, I'll even skip the I'll, I'll even skip the person's name uh when i'm when I'm going through the article and then you, you you uh try to remember who it was uh and then and then after that we'll get the answer of who you think would be uh the best everybody you know of, of the of the candidates for the Secretary of state um on here and so now this guy okay as i said, I was really impressed with him uh during the democrat debates primary debate uh he didn't get very far and for for reasons. Why? Because I think uh, the Democrats said, "Oh my gosh, we can't have this guy's ideas get out there." Uh, you know, those are too, <laughs> those seem too conservative. So he, he didn't last too long in the, uh, the in, in the presidential primary for the Democrats. Uh, I just think they, I think you know, like, oh my gosh, he makes too much sense. But here's an article. Now this is a CBS uh, news article from CBS.com, uh, and this was actually another article from today, and. Uh, you know, and this is who they were talking about. It's kind of a lengthy article. Well, it's not that lengthy, actually. Now I'm scrolling through it. Um, so let's kind of take a guess on, on who this is, and I'll I'll say it at the end if, if no one guesses. And it says uh, his name, so you do know it. It's at least a he, right? It says, Blank is at least, uh, in a nominal sense, a Democrat. Last year, he briefly pursued the Democrat nomination for president. Uh, Run best remembered for his joke about killing the Vietnamese soldier who threw a grenade at him. Now, blank, is seeking Donald Trump's praises and may have his eye on a cabinet job. And this is a quote from him. I would like to salute Donald Trump for his tenacity and for the uniqueness of his campaign. Uh, uh, Blank, during his speech to a hundred or so attendees at a foreign policy uh, symposium in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday. To hear blank tell it, in fact, he tried to do what Trump did. It took an outsider, whatever his wealth and lack of government experience, to tell the truth, Blank said, before explaining that his own efforts in this regard were tripped up by his lack of wealth and uh, transient Democrat elites. Uh, conservative writer Abel Kaufman floated his name as a possible cabinet pick in his in, uh, introduction of the former Blank senator. I'm not going to say where it's from, but I'll give it away. Uh, Later on, a questioner mentioned an incredible rumor going around that Blank might be offered Secretary of Defense and asked whether he would accept the role. He did not answer the question. Uh, It all had the look and feel of a trial balloon being launched. Here was Blank with his sterling resume laying out a vision of America's vision in the world that roughly hewed with with what Trump said on the campaign trail putting America first, minding our own business, avoiding foreign entanglements, and, of course, he had nothing but nice things to say about the president-elect, even though he declined to say to whom he voted for. It was also quite a bit about how Democrats left working-class whites behind. It made white working people their most convenient whipping post, particularly white males. It was a message likely to resonate with the audience, the American conservative, a right-wing publication with a dovish populist bent put, uh, had put the symposium together. Founded in 2002 as a home for anti-war conservatives, it, it can, in some sense, be credited for providing the intellectual architecture of what we now think of as Trumpism. Whether any of the architecture still interests Trump's is another matter. Regardless, Blank's resume is immaculate. He's a graduate of Annapolis and of Georgetown Law. He's a highly decorated war hero, and he's already been an assistant secretary of defense, secretary of navy, and a U.S. and I'm not going say that position. And he's also uh, an acclaimed author of 10 books, including Born Fighting and his 2004 history of the Scotch Irish people uh, that was the hillbilly elegy of its time, whatever that's supposed to mean. It said, uh, John. Some of these guys – here's some people talking in the background. I don't know if that's with us or, 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 or something else. But it says, John Bolin and Rudy Giuliani, two-floated names for Trump's Secretary of State, could easily be stru- uh, stuck in confirmation hearings for months and then blah, 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 blah. So with that being – there is more to the, to the article where, you know, he talks about um, – it says, you know, Blank's big idea is that we need a clear statement – of national security interest. He's critical of NATO's expansion to Russian border, and he feels humanitarian military ventures are deeply unwise. But first and foremost, we need a strategy that is easily understood by enemies, allies, and the American people alike. So then, there's a little bit more on here. So we'll go to you, Susan. First, who do you think that uh, the article is referring to?
1: I don't even think it. I know it.
0: She's right too. She Why you're right.
1: Jim Webb.
0: Okay, right. and who is the article referring to? What is
1: that? Jim Webb.
0: Jim Webb. <laughs> you are right. Democrat Jim Webb. Uh darn I was hoping you guys wouldn't <laughs> know, but that's okay. So so since I well, what what's your thoughts <laughs> on the possibility of, of Trump reaching across the aisle and asking uh Jim Webb to be his secretary of state?
1: I think he used to be a Republican. Like, hey, I know he was a Republican appointee for Bush or somebody, I think. I don't remember who. But, yeah, he's a, I was rooting for him to beat them all. I think he's a good guy. Yeah, good he made a
0: lot of sets when I watched the debates.
1: Yeah, he, he did. I, I liked him. So I knew that from the beginning.
0: And I, would get, and I will get Cindy and Carolyn's uh, answers in here uh, as well. But what, what do you think, John? Uh, what do you think about a Jim Webb?
3: Um, I'm, I'm not um, too familiar with all the details, but like you guys, I watched him during the Democratic primaries, and I would be okay with that, I think, from what I can tell this far. I'd want to do a bit more research and investigating and sure. just to make sure, but I'm with you on that. And Kelly? Oh, back to you in the studio, Rob.
0: Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, the who? We're just getting a short answer on on what they what your thoughts are on Jim Webb. Possibility uh, of Jim Webb as Secretary of State. I'm not sorry. I'm I don't sorry. The much, Secretary of Defense. I don't know much about Webb. Oh. Okay. Fair enough. And then we've got here in the chat, we've got uh, Carolyn saying her pick would be Jeff Sessions. And Cindy has not answered yet. So hopefully we'll get uh, hear that from Cindy. Uh, And so now myself, I mean, I could see a web. Uh, You know, as I said, I liked him in the debates. Uh, I think Jeff Sessions would be better off as a possibility. Um, I know I've heard his name bounded around for one of the possible uh Supreme Court picks uh I think that might i mean there's man, there's just a number of people I think that Trump could pick for a Supreme Court, and I think uh sessions would be one of those uh for that, so I mean, maybe a Webb but I mean, I would think if it would be Jim Webb if he does want to keep it just within uh the republican party uh then you know of the other ones uh that were mentioned, you know, I guess I would have to say that it would be um no, I I couldn't even do him for that. I uh, I think it would definitely be Cotton or Hunter would be the, the two for Secretary of Defense that I would uh that I would pick. And so let's see, does Cindy give us that? No, okay. All right, well then what we've got here is, you know, moving down the line uh Of you know possible picks, and we've got uh plenty of time before we could get to you know most of them is uh the this isn't one of those that uh a lot of people know about or know a lot about it, including myself you know i 've got a little thing here uh and what they do, but here 's a kind of a little uh, little description, and then the people for that it's a interior secretary. And the Interior Department manages the nationals of public lands and waters. So uh, I, I think this would be something that would be important to me, of course. Uh, and then as well as Cindy, because, you know, the organization she belongs to down there in Florida. Uh, but uh, so, so they take care of the, uh, the national public lands and waters. And some of the things that the this person will be addressing is, you know, some of the things that Obama has done uh, when it comes to stopping the – um, development of public lands uh and then of course stopping the you know the the pipeline uh that's, that will be with the interior secretary as well as uh you know mining for coal and and you know gas and and then uh what 's going to happen to the promotion of you know green you know a green technology or a green economy uh maybe not so much economy but you know at least um you know green te- you know green technologies when it comes to uh, using land such as having solar and you know solar panels and, and wind turbines things of that nature on uh on public lands uh so the people for that uh I find it an interesting lot uh and, and this is one of the names that someone uh here on the panel mentioned earlier, and so we'll talk more about that is uh one is Jan Brewer, as you know uh, former governor of uh Arizona. Uh, Robert Grady, uh, which is uh, from a company, Gryphon Investors Partner. I'm not too familiar with that company. And then Harold Hamm, who's the chief executive of Continental Resources, which is an oil and gas company. Uh, And then uh, Forrest Lucas, who is the president of Lucas Oil uh, Products, which manufactures uh, automobile lubricants, additives, and greases. And the person you mentioned earlier, and of those people, would be my pick. Uh, not that I would pick any of those, including this one. Uh, but if I had, to, if it's going to be one of those, the person I would pick is this one. And someone mentioned earlier tonight, and that is former governor of. I know I can hear it, fail you guys. Hold on a minute, Alaska Sarah Palin. Uh, so, uh, you know, oh. I mean, you know, she definitely, she has some experience with all of that being the governor of Alaska, she would be, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't want an oil guy, you know, or gal. We, we did this with, with Bush. I don't want being the, the Secretary of Interior, uh, and that definitely probably is, is more towards my environmental leanings. Now, I want someone who's going to uh, respect the environment as well as, you know, make sure that we have, you know, energy, become energy independent. And, and that, that we have to work with the, you know, Department of Energy. Uh, Secretary of Energy, uh, you know, cl- more closely. But, I mean, if you got somebody who was just the head of an oil or gas company, they're going to give a flying you-know-what um, uh, about the environment at all. And, and I certainly don't want anyone like that heading up, uh, the Department of Energy, or Energy, for that matter. Uh, but let's go ahead, and it sounds like you want to chime in on that, Susan.
1: Oh, um, I've got two people I think he should put in his cabinet. I'm not sure exactly where. But Jesse Ventura, you betcha. I love the guy. And Ron Paul, of
0: course. Well, I think Ron Paul would be possible, and we can maybe talk about this later. Uh, I would think um, well, you know, maybe Secretary of the Treasury. And we didn't really talk about that a, a lot. And actually, I want to get back to that because I did want to talk about uh, one guy that I didn't want. And as I said, uh, that was DeStevic. uh uh, Munich, or you know, Munich, or whatever. Who was a former uh, Goldman Sachs uh, executive? I certainly don't want him to be the, uh, the treasury secretary. I'd rather see someone like a Rand Paul uh, be the treasury secretary. Okay. Rand Paul or
3: Ron Paul? Did you say Rand or Ron?
0: I, I said Rand. Ron, I think Ron Paul's Ron. Ron Paul's retired. I mean, he's retired from politics. He's, he's he retired from everything. I would. Uh, I'd, I'd rather now. I'm, now, let, let, now, bringing up Rand Paul, and, and frankly, I'm not a big fan of Rand Paul. Um, oh. That's why. I, was, I mean, and this might sound counterintuitive. I know. Before you you, you jump on me, uh, uh, no, Susan. Let me let, let, let me get it out first. <laughs> um, you know, here's the thing. I think Rand Paul has done too many things uh, for their political expediency. I think he supported uh, the wrong people. I think he uh, he was wrong when he supported uh, Mitt Romney in 2012 when there were still conservatives uh, who were still running uh, for the presidency. He endorsed uh, Mitt Romney uh, early. Uh, he could have the opportunity to, uh, you know, endorse uh, Duke Gingrich, but he's seen where the political winds are blowing. He decided to have a political expediency side with him. He also had a chance to endorse uh, Matt Bevin. Uh, for his uh, run uh, in the primary, uh, the state uh, Senate primary uh, against Mitch McConnell. And, again, for political experience, experience, as I see it, uh, he endorsed uh, Mitch McConnell instead. Uh, Now, maybe if we get him out of politics and put him in a place, you know, where he'd be a cabinet member, maybe uh, now, you know, he may be missed in the Senate. uh, But, of course, remember, folks, these people who leave the Senate, if they're in the Senate and they leave, uh, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but they appoint the person, they appoint the person who takes their place. So if they win and if they win their seat or they still have their seat, they appoint who they want. They, they appoint the person who takes their place. So, you know, so they're going to appoint somebody who's going to, you know, do votes and fight the way they are. Okay. Robert and so, Robert, you know, so I what?
3: Um, the, Shelley, go ahead. Yeah, the governor appoints the re, um, the senator.
0: The governor in appoints the state, Oh, I thought for, that they 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 picked their own replacement. Well, the well, um they can. That's only the state can,
3: level, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's kind of state. that only at the I'm state saying.
3: level. Right, because remember um, the, when Obama resigned as a senator, Illinois had to appoint a senator, and and uh, Governor Blagojevich, Blagojevich, yeah, Blagojevich, yeah, Blagojevich. appointed uh, was was selling that Senate seat, and that's why grand jury indicted him. And he had
0: like 16 uh, years. Oh, okay. okay.
3: Yeah. So, some, you know, it depends mm-hmm. on the states. So, yeah.
0: Oh, it depends on the state. Each state's different. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. No, I'll just do some research on that. Uh, but anyway, so what? So what's your, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, we're getting on, you know, I mean, I'd rather see, you know, maybe Secretary of the Treasury. Um, would be would be good for Aunt Paul, but as I said, I certainly don't want to see, uh, you know, that guy from Goldman Sachs in there. But but what do you guys think about Sarah Palin being the uh, Secretary of the Interior? I
1: don't know. Uh
0: sure.
3: Is it t- the Department of Interior? Does it oversee the EPA and the BLM, you know, Bureau of Land Management?
0: No, they don't. They, they don't oversee it. The EPA um I you know, it's, it's their own department. You you have your head on head up the EPA, which we'll be discussing that later too. Hopefully, Chef, because you know, unfortunately, we got an hour left. Uh, but the EPA's guys, the, the EPA has its own administrator, which I think no, Jill Stein would be a good person for that. But no, what well,
3: I'm you're, asking you're, though is, does the Department of Interior oversee the EPA? EPA may have no. its own leader, but does did not the Department of Interior oversee the EPA and the BLM? I don't, I don't think so. I know the Department of okay. the Interior oversees the BLM. And I would like to see Jan Brewer in that position, mostly because she's from Arizona, she understands the West, and the biggest issue, or becoming the biggest issue, is, is water. Water in the West. And who owns it and all these issues that go with the Department of the Interior? Hmm.
1: Ezra but was uh, the head of the Mormon Church. He was, uh, he served in that position, um, United States Secretary of Agriculture and all that under Eisenhower. And he was also a friend of the John Birch Society, so he was very conservative despite, but um, he was, I think, Secretary of the Interior or whatever. All I know is it had to do with agriculture, so. That's all I
3: can tell you at the moment on yeah. that. Yeah, another thing that I'd like Ralph to see. Nader. No, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no. <laughs> Not for the Department of the Interior. No, who? But uh, Ralph Nader, no. I
1: like old Ralphie.
3: Yeah. Well, wait, I want to throw wait, something wait, out else about the West. Go ahead, go ahead Kelly. Yeah, something about the West is really important. There is, um, like Nevada, the state of Nevada, if it is, I don't know, 70%, 80% is federal land. California, there's huge chunks of federal land. And it would be nice if they turn it over to the state so the states can go ahead and uh, basically t- turn it into private hands. That was the whole goal of the Bureau of Land Management, which was the disposal of, of public lands into private hands. Um, that's a, a very important issue. Um, I mean, because then you, you get, <clears throat> once you get public lands turned over to the private sector, you you end up having more access to resources. <clears throat> Some will say that they're going to rape the environment. No, 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 no. There's ton of, like in California, there's tons of envir- environmental laws that they already have to comply with. CEQA is like three or four inches thick. California Environmental Quality Act. So when lands are turned over, um, there can be still environmental management, and that money would actually help the counties because there's no taxes on federal lands to the county. So the counties would have more money, would have more resources. uh, Prosperity might start to ensue again. Um, All sorts of issues would start to get resolved. And at the same time, the environment would
0: be protected. Real real quick, Kelly, real quick. Uh, a, a, a programming you note know, for those out there in the chat And you'd like to chime in You only got about 40 seconds to call us At 347-945-7428 Or mm. the audio is going to cut you off You won't be able to get it to the show 347-945-7428 You only got about 30 seconds to dial quickly uh, Go ahead, Kelly Sorry about that yeah. I, I, Usually yeah. I do do that five minutes before the time But you know, kind of got uh, lost track of time there Sorry
3: Oh, no, that's right. Well, yeah, basically, it. it um, a lot of people would be pulled out of poverty if we have access to our resources. And now it's really tough. For example, logging in California is really tough. Mining is tough. Um, you
1: got to go through all yeah.
3: of paperwork. Um, you know, why are we importing from Canada? Oh, that's right. Somebody probably bribed some congressmen and got stock options with Canadian lumber. I mean, a game feels like, I'm in a county where it's like, 15, uh, I think it was 15, a dozen um, mills, mills, lumber mills, where they're making lumber. And now they're down to, like, one or two. And, you know, the spotted owl, which is actually after they stopped logging, um, is actually decreased in, like, by 2% in population. So this, this stuff of, um, oh, we're killing the environment in spotted owl, well, guess what? That was a big farce. And it's hurt a lot of people. Um, economically, we were one of the most wealthiest counties in the whole country. Siskiyou County was. Now we have the highest, we have had the highest unemployment in the state. Why can't we get access to the resources and manage the environment at the same time? um, Somebody who can turn over a lot of federal lands would be just awesome And while understanding the water issues. Jan Brewer would be, of those you've uh, pointed out, that would be my choice, but that's just me, I'm, I yield.
0: Well, I'm going to tell Trump himself to pick. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I can see some, you know, some logic there. You know, I mean, as I said, there was really no one on there, including Sarah Palin. I like her, and I did get the opportunity to meet her. And let me tell you, she's don't take this the wrong way, girl, but she's she's more at least then you know, but and still is. Kind of, I'm sure. Uh, well, if, if more attractive in person than she is on, on TV. <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, she. When I seen her, now this was years ago. This was back when she was running with McCain. So we're talking 2008, and uh, she was stunning. I mean, she walked. I was at a bookstore, and uh, she was. I was there for a book signing. Um, I, I did get a picture taken with her. It's cool, but I mean, she walked down these stairs, and oh my God, she was absolutely stunning. Um, oh my gosh, stunning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I'll go off on that. But anyway, um, where is it? You know, I mean, maybe you know, Sarah be could, could be a place for uh, her. Jan Brewer, Those would be the only ones to stick out, you know. I mean, maybe I just want to have her be the Secretary of Interior so that I can see her on TV board. And actually, you probably wouldn't see her at all, hardly. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Everyone know about, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure there's, as I said, I mean, just because people are on these short list doesn't mean there's not someone else out there. To be more qualified and I certainly wish I had more time to uh to do some more in depth research to find that person But certainly you know no there's probably someone as that's not more qualified than the people on this list and I think that's a good segue uh to the uh the next one and, and some of these i I guess they could have put in better order, but this one would be the uh the agriculture now you know, I, I and I wish I would have known more about this, but um now, of course, you know the agricultural secretary uh oversees uh you know the farming industry uh inspects food quality and uh provides income uh based food assistance uh, It also helps with uh develop international markets for American products. I don't know how many folks uh knew that that it dealt with uh marketing our you know our foodstuffs uh to other countries um And so you know, and that you know, so there's there's trade involved as well. And so right now, I mean, no one here really uh, sticks out to me uh, much. uh, You know, there's on this list. I don't even know why some of them are on there, but uh, at least two of them I don't. There's uh, Sam Brownback. Maybe you guys can help me with this, but uh, the Kansas governor, maybe because he's from Kansas, I don't know. Uh, Sonny Perdue, uh, former uh, Georgia governor, but these other two make more sense to me. Uh, and that's Sid Miller, who is the Texas Agri- uh, Agricultural Commissioner, and then Chuck Connor, uh, the Chief Executive Off- uh, uh, Officer of the National Council of Farmers uh, Cooperatives. And now, if I had to pick, you know, I'll, that would be the person I would pick, uh, Chuck Connor, um, you know, just for the fact that you know Trump does want to you know get some people that have not been in government, that have been in the private sector, uh, that could. Uh, you know, maybe bringing some new, fresh ideas instead of, as he put it, you know, just you know these government people who have no idea, you know, what they're even in the <laughs> they're their head of. You know, they don't have a you know they don't have any experience. Or they were just given that position, you know, as as a favor uh, for something that they did for the candidate. And so that would be my pick. I mean, you guys may know more about Brownback or Purdue uh, than I do. Um, so, uh, is there any other thoughts on, on those on those people? I hear crickets. so I'm presuming that no one has really any uh, further thoughts on on the agricultural secretary. I
3: don't
0: know. Might have been up about any of them. Well, then uh, next we've got uh, the commerce secretary and uh that is um they 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 take care of things such as uh the census uh the bureau of economic analysis uh national oceanic and Atmospheric administrations now there's only two people here uh on this list and one is uh dan uh uh so dan miko <clears throat> Dan Miko and that's a former chief executive of the, and I don't really know who the Nucor Corporation is, but they're a steel uh, producing company. And then there's uh, uh, Lewis Eisenberg, uh, which is a private equity uh, chief. He's a private equity chief for Granite Capital International Group. Uh, and, and, and I, frankly, don't know anything about any of these guys. But I will just stay here. So anyone who wants to do research on these folks to see, you know, why they'd be the uh, Commerce Secretary. I uh, you know, I guess you know because definitely, but you know, looks like they're in the um, the private field, and so you know, I guess there's reasons for that. And then then we have one person for the labor secretary, and uh, the labor department, as you don't know, uh, enforces the rules that protects the, nation, the nation's workers, uh, distributes benefits to the unemployed, and publishes economic data um, like the monthly job reports. And also uh, they'll be uh, looking at this will be the person that will help Obama dismantle uh, Obamacare and also uh, working with uh, the federal workforce, uh, the, the federal contractors as the labor secretary. Also uh, the labor secretary probably has to do with those new fiduciary roles uh, that'll, that's going to be coming out for the financial and insurance industries. Uh, so be the, the the labor secretary, um, and right now then we have one person that's Victoria Lipnick, and she's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commissioner, and uh, she worked uh, as a policy policy council uh, to the House Committee on Education and Workforce. And so far, I don't see anyone else that they have uh, on the list for that. Uh, I don't know particularly why she's on there, but that's the only person uh, who is. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, she's worked with, you know, that agency, and perhaps that's the only person that he uh, would want. Uh, you know, it's another one that to delve more into. Now, so this is one uh, we're going to talk about, and these are some interesting names too. Um, and if you guys don't want to chime in on any of these folks, let me know. I'm just trying to get down the line because we, we got less than an hour, and we still got, you know, plenty of departments to look at, and they have discussion on them. Uh, and we've got um, – let's see, let me get back to that. The, and this is one that we thought, and I thought this too um, – I don't know if you guys thought, but at least I thought that this would be the position for um, – oh, my gosh, I just had a, a, a brain feast. Well, um, I've been having – that's because I skipped internet and now I don't have – I do that all the time, so it's not brain freeze. Uh, but, man, that's the second brain freeze I had tonight. But this is for the Health and Human Services Secretary. Uh, this is the one we uh, – by Ben Carson. There we go. Uh, we thought we thought Ben Carson would get, but it looks like he's going to turn it down. Uh, and this one would be, you know, of course, that will be working towards replacing repealing uh, Obamacare. Uh, the department also approves new drugs, regulates the food supply operates biomedical research, and runs Medicare and Medicaid. So huge important. I mean, Health and Human Services actually, especially what we're dealing with today, especially with the, the Medicare Medicaid, and Medicaid, and we definitely want to, you know, maybe for the cure for cancer, things of that nature. So I think the person here is very important, and there's not one person here, um, you know, that I, I think would be the best person for this job. Uh, and I, I really wish uh, Ben Carson would have decided to do this. But here's the folks, and, and you guys tell me, you guys tell me why you think, if at all, and I think Sydney would have been great uh, with um, with that. Um, you know, with with one of, with one of these guys, uh, and but unfortunately, she was unable to call in tonight. Uh, and that one is, I mean, I, I'm to be honest, kind of baffled on on uh on why. And, but what anyway, so I can carry well,
1: food what food I've food got
0: food. here is uh Jim Scott, uh Rick Scott, I'm sorry. Think is Florida, right? Uh it's been good for, for her to talk at least about him. Uh if he was a former chief executive of a large hospital chain, so maybe that's why I don't think about Rick Scott. Um Bobby Jindal uh as you know the former Louisiana governor. Uh, but he served on uh, as the secretary of the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospital, so, you know, I guess they could see why, you know, why, I guess. And then there's Mike Huckabee. Um, he's probably the one I have the most, like, Mike Huckabee? Why? <laughs> uh, I guess between those two, um, I guess it doesn't matter Between uh, for me. I mean, I get which one was, I mean, because I, I don't know. Which one of those was more vocal about repealing and replacing, you know, Obamacare? Uh, Jim, you know, I guess, um, you know, maybe if, if, if you want somebody who had a government position, then you would pick Bobby Jindal. If you want somebody who had private industry experience, then you'd pick Rick Scott. What do you think, John?
3: Rick Scott? Isn't that the same Rick Scott that, oh, out there in Florida now governing
0: that's the Florida governor. Yeah, same Richard. No, yeah, I
3: don't. I, I, don't no, no. I don't like that guy. Hi no. Bobby Jindal.
0: You concur, Susan?
1: Oh, I don't like. I wrote a blog article on him. No, he's a rhino. Mm-mm, no way. <laughs> so
0: that was it. If I... so, if it was up to Barge Logic, it would be Bobby Jindal. Is that is that what you're saying?
1: No, not for me. It'd be John Fleming or Paul Braun. They're B R. They okay, okay.
0: Wait a minute. Okay, Susan, you mentioned those two names. Let's let, I, let's tell us why. That that's interesting.
1: They're both doctors. And Paul Braun, I followed his stuff. He was very, very good. He was very conservative. Uh, John Fleming spoke out against it. They're both doctors. They both exposed a lot of that the problems with it because they they're actually doctors, just like Rand Paul is. And you want a doctor to help with that to dismantle Obamacare because they know what the problems are.
0: Can you email me some information on those two? Um, yeah,
1: uh, on both of them. On both of them.
0: Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Send me. Yeah, certainly. Send me some emails on that.
1: Okay. Uh, I I can do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. What I like to do is maybe post that out on some of the Facebook pages and, and kind of get people uh, maybe to read those articles, read that information, and, and get their input on that.
1: Okay. I I know great, I. Great, great. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, send that to me.
1: positions in the United States, you know, in the, in the Senate and Congress, and Paul Braun was defeated. They went after him. And uh, I'm not sure about, uh, yeah, he was a good guy. I really liked B-R-O-U-N. I think he's brown or brawn or something. And John Fleming used to send me emails all the time about he was in family medicine and the other guy was in general practice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely send me some of that. Uh, Now, Kelly, uh, before we move on, do you have uh, anyone in particular that you would like uh, perhaps uh, see for, you know, the position for the Health and Human Services Secretary?
3: Well, Joseph Stalin would be probably good or Karl Marx. Um, Lenin, I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adolf yeah, they're, they're and, all yeah.
3: dead, Jim. <laughs> they're dead, Jim. Adolf, Go ahead. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Adolf Hitler of the National Socialist Party of Nazi Germany. Um <laughs> Uh I uh I would if I was president I'd just turn it over to the state Federal government does not belong in social issues. I said that before.
0: Libertarian. So would you okay. get rid of the uh the department? Oh, so I'd get rid of it totally. Uh you
3: know. So yeah, before, that's that's a,
0: that's a discussion we haven't had tonight, but uh, you know, which departments to get rid of. But okay, so you would get rid of the uh, Department of Health and Human Services.
3: The federal government doesn't belong in the bedroom, the womb, or the vein. Once you open the federal government, once you open the door to social issues, you have opened the door for the federal government to grow to infinity. You've given a blank check to the federal government to grow to infinity. And basically, uh, look where we are now. I mean, you know, FDR and the Great Society, all that, blah, blah, blah. Well, now we've got these contracts with Social Security, which... That has to somehow get resolved. It'd be nice if that was optional, people paying or not. But anyway, I, it's just kind of a end it. <laughs> Sorry, it's just no, done. Okay, now
0: here's one. Um, here's one. Now the energy secretary. Uh, that uh, the energy uh, secretary uh, purview of the, the energy department is actually to uh, manage. The nation's arsenal and nuclear weapons—ain't that interesting? That uh, doesn't really have much to do about energy. I mean, energy actually—I think—has more to do um, with uh, the department that takes care of that mostly is actually more uh, like the Interior Secretary actually take, uh, is more than the uh, uh, the Energy Secretary, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. But anyway, so they actually have three people for those. Uh, and they've got uh, these two people I would throw out. I would I, I, thr- I would throw out outright. There, I got that out. And one is uh, Robert Grady, who's a Gryphon Investors partner. Uh, and then also uh, the one I throw out even before him uh, would be Harold Ham, who's the chief executive of Continental Resources, an oil and gas company. Um, I throw them out, you know, pretty quickly. Uh, And then the last one is James uh, Connington, that's C-O-N-N-A-U-G-H-T-O-N. And now this kind of goes uh, against the grain a little bit of what we've just been discussing most of the night of not using people from previous uh, administrations. But since this is the only person, uh, at least for me, uh, that I would have in this position, this would be my pick. Uh, And that was uh, he was the chief executive of Nautilus Data Technologies and uh, a former environmental advisor uh, to President George W. Bush. And, of course, for me, you know that his uh, experience of being a uh, environmental advisor uh, would be the person, because if we're talking about our nuclear, especially nuclear weapons, uh, that's important to me, because, of course, you do have all this nuclear waste that's going to be associated with that, or if we do uh, dismantle some nuclear things. What are we going to do with that nuclear waste? And I think that's something that's very important uh, that we have to, we do that in a environmental uh, environmentally uh, sound uh, way. So, uh, so the energy secretary. Uh, does anyone here have any uh, suggestions on who they would like to see for that department, or or, or any of the people that I mentioned? Did they say on the on the on the short list? Okay, I hear crickets. I need to get a sound bite. I need to get that. I need to get a cricket uh, uh, sound, so I'm going to do that at some point. Uh, So the next time uh, – seriously, it's so funny. I might even have one of those things on my phone. i have to look for it. But anyway, um, let's go ahead, and I know what Kelly's going to say about this. And then we have one person, and I do find it odd that they even have someone for this on a short list since Trump talks about eliminating this position of course, that's the, uh, the Education Secretary, Department of Education. Um, and so we know what that's about. They actually have a, um, a Williamson Evers, who is an education expert at the Huber, Insti- uh, Huber Institution, which is a think tank. And maybe that's why they only have the one person on there, just in case they're not able to uh, get rid of the uh, Department of uh, Education. That, you know, somebody from a think tank, I guess, uh, would be the person headed up. I mean, I would like to – I'd actually love to do more research to find someone who, if they do keep this department, would be better for it. Maybe someone who has a proven record of, um, you know, talking out against. Uh, maybe Rosa Corey. How about her? How about her being our education secretary? You know, she's traveling the country talking out against Agenda 21. Or maybe find uh, someone against Common Core. You know, we've had people you know, talking against Tom core, maybe we'll get one of those folks on uh you know, depending of course on their experience, uh to be the education secretary. Uh what do you guys think? And whoever like to chime in, chime in.
3: Didn't you say earlier there was a Michelle Ree, R. A. G. E.
0: No, I haven't said no, I haven't seen anybody by that name. No. Who is she? Who is she, this Ree? Come <laughs> on, guys! I'll get it.
3: She's on. I you, who she was that?
0: Like, who was that, John?
3: Uh, well, I'm not sure that I remember exactly. I thought she was on some kind of big um, charter school planning group that she overseen, and it did real successful and everything. And then, a, you know, Obama and them tried to oust her and all this and that from that organization, and and then it got into a big. Dis- uproar between the teachers union and stuff because she was wanting to do it a certain way. And to me, she just seemed to be, from what I could remember, that she was more apt to say, hey, the the students, parents, and teachers need to be making these decisions and managing it from that standpoint as opposed to these teachers associations and, and the federal government pushing what do they call, Common Core or something like that? I don't know that much mm-hmm. about this here. So
0: Well I tell you that, what, I mean either, either but Yeah, send me send me information on her if you would. Uh you know you, could, you know you can contact me through the any. uh Bars Logic Globe site or, or Facebook or email or, or just do some I Google don't. research and and, and sound something
3: I don't have any information on her. I'm just recalling from what I remember seeing on a TV show one day.
0: Oh no, no, that's fine. I was just saying, if you had some time, and if you don't mind uh, looking her up and sending me some information, that'd be great. We we can use that on subsequent oh, shows, and, all, and you know.
3: I thought this was all just for fun because Trump ain't going to listen to us. He's going to pick what he wants. I ain't going to waste my time trying to pick him for him.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you can, Well, it's, it's for fun, but no, I, mean, I don't. It, one thing you got to know about me: I rarely do anything that's just for fun. Um, I, 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 Ask the people closest to me. They're like, Rob, don't you do anything that doesn't have a purpose? And I'd have to say, no, no. Very rarely do I I do do anything that that doesn't have a purpose, and I rarely do things uh, that's purely just for fun. No, I'm serious. I mean, these are these are conversations you know to have. These are things that look, you know, we have it on. And in the right event, he's going to pick who whoever he or or the people around him are going to want him to pick. But I think it's important. It's just as important, uh, if not more important, of course, uh, for at least us to be heard. Whether he decides on who we want anyway, but let, you know, let's be heard. And you know, after this, you know, what happened with this election, you know, I, I think that we're being heard more than what we give ourselves credit for. Um, I really do. And so, you know. Let 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 you know let let let's put it out there. I mean, it's, it's going to be heard. I mean, one thing that we know that Trump does pay a lot of attention to is he pays a lot of attention to social media. He pays a lot of attention, especially Twitter, and I would say even some on Facebook. You know, so he does pay attention to the, the social media. And so let's go we'll move on to the next one, and that is yeah. Cause, I mean, I, no, I'm not I'm, I'm not doing this just front of These people, I seriously would like to consider get information on and. You know, if we you know, get the information to them on time, great. If not, well, you know, we, we put forth the effort and we educated ourselves on, on how to find these things. Uh, the next is uh, the Secretary of uh, Veteran Affairs. Uh, I guess you guys you know, pretty you know about what that's about. And then we have one person, and that's uh, Just Miller, uh, who's a retired chairman of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh, so then we have one person for that. Um, and then here, here's a big one. Uh, and go, it looks like we'll hopefully have time for the next couple ones, which um, are really okay. Yeah, there's only three more, or not three. There's a little more, than that. But uh, anyway, so here, here's a big one we all know, we're all familiar with. And and, and Kelly, this may be another department you may want to see, go. I, you know, I I've I got mixed thoughts on this. And that's the home, uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Where we're talking about the. Uh, own Security Secretary, and what, who, who we've got here so far, and some of these names I know is going to sound familiar to you, and I've got an idea of which one you guys are going to be uh, leaning towards, but let me see. Uh, now, of course, again, there's uh, Jeff Sessions, okay? Now, this one also is going to have a key role in the administration when it comes to the uh, the borders, Okay. So this will actually be, you know, have a big part in, you know, building the wall, uh, you know, carrying out deportations, things of that nature. And so that Jeff Sessions, that's another one named. So I think he uh, would be, you know, that would be a possible spot for him, maybe even more so sure than the Supreme Court, in my opinion. Uh, and then there's Michael McCall uh, from Texas, uh, and the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee. And then we've got Rudy Giuliani, it's another position. But I'm starting to think that maybe he's going to want to just be in an uh, advisory role for Trump, uh, much like it looks like Gingrich is going to be. Not that I'm too happy with that. I'd rather see, of course, Gingrich in, in a uh, cabinet position, you know, in the White House uh, more so than Giuliani. But I'm starting to think that neither one of them is going to be just because they don't want to. They'd rather just be kind of doing advisory. And then we've got uh, David Clark, uh, Milwaukee County Sheriff. And I think this is oh, going yeah. to be the one that you folks are going to like, even maybe more than David Clark, it sounds like you might be, Cindy, is Joe Arparo, Ar- Ar- or P.O. or Aparo, you know who I'm talking about, the, uh, the sheriff of uh, Maricopa County, Arizona. I'm presuming that might be the person you guys like to see the most. But would I be correct in that?
1: I like Joe Arparo?
0: About- what about you, Kelly? Uh, not much to
3: comment.
0: I'm going to listen to the others first. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sir? I'm sorry? Sh- I'm you- Yeah, yeah, Joe Piero. A-R, yeah, I think I'm, uh, Aparo, I'm I probably pronouncing it wrong, but I've heard it pronounced Ar- Joe Aparo. Yeah, he's the, uh, yeah, Sheriff of Maricopa County, Arizona. Okay, if you want to go last on that, that's fine. What do you What do you oh, think sure. uh, of any of those, uh, John
3: um, Sheriff Arpaio definitely. Arpaio
0: thank you For pronouncing that for me <laughs> Go ahead
3: Who was the gentleman before Sheriff Arpaio
0: uh, That was David Clark Jr yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah To me he would be a good Second choice
0: No, I would agree with that. I mean, one of those two, I think would be would be the one I'd want. So, oh, what's your thoughts, Kelly? So, unless you unless you had something you wanted to uh, add there, John, let tell you.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm multitasking. Can you t- can you tell me that again? Which department are you talking about? Uh,
0: Homeland Security.
3: Oh, ding, 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 ding. okay. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh! I have so many problems with the DHS because again. We're yeah, that's why. That's why I said
0: before we even brought it up. This might even be one you want to get rid of, guys. Well, you know,
3: we let the states take care of a lot of the work. Yeah, we need some federal union, of course. But Nazi Germany, Adolf Hitler would love the power and technology the DHS has, and the and and the. I mean, it's 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 a frightening. It's a frightening scenario. Um. So, DHS, Sheriff Arpeo, I've heard good things. I'd rather have Sheriff Mack. He
0: Sheriff did. Mack? Sheriff Mack.
3: I would rather have him in charge of that because he loves the Constitution. He went to the Supreme Court, He's fighting for states' rights, rights to keep your guns. Um, Sheriff Mack would be awesome. That. I actually introduced him when he spoke and gave him a ride to the airport and came out in Siskiyou County. Um, who else in DHS? Oh, gosh, Ron Paul. That name keeps popping up again. Um, somebody who understands the necessity of a warrant. Yeah, the Fourth Amendment. the right to be secure in your person's property and effects unless under judicial warrant. DHS just kind of writes their own. Let's just kind of ignore the Fourth Amendment. Mayfield versus U.S. Um, got to kind of – Mayfield versus U.S. clipped the wings, at least in the ninth federal district. That's California. West Coast, uh, parts of the West Coast, in Alaska, Hawaii. So, you know, we got people that have. I, I, I'm sorry, this is libertarian. This is look, I study of history. UMass power in the wrong hands. In the wrong hands, it is a very frightening scenario. Um, sure Trump might do some good things. I mean, I, I've seen. Okay, one president sets it up, the Republican, and then the Democrat starts utilizing the power or vice versa. Um, beginning of our country, we only have a few laws to break, which would be treason, claiming money, um, what else? Not paying uh, import-export duties, uh, some form of taxes, and corporate taxes, and there are very few crimes. I am, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. And so we have gone to this behemoth. Who would be good to stave off the um, and, and, and follow the constitution when the DHS is doing its job, or its supposed job. Um, I I can tell you a bunch of people off the top of my head but I don't, I, you know. Basically, the bottom line is, somebody that's at the top, the, the second some DHS agent goes rogue, like you know Beverly Hills cop, you saw Eddie Murphy, they do whatever they want, go wherever they want, the cops, all that kind of stuff. The second he sees somebody doing this crap, they fire him right now you're not getting a warrant in your DHS, get the heck out. Um, I'm, I'm on a rant here, but, you know, our, our liberties were put in place for a reason. Um, this is a big one. So, yay, 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 yay. Who loves the Constitution? A number of people I the top of There's an attorney up in Idaho. What's her name? I uh, can't think of her name right now. She would be awesome. Gosh, what is her name? Da, 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 da. Anybody who's, oh, um, da, 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 um, Edwin Vieira, I think he's in New York. He's a professor. He'd be a good one. He's going to have some law enforcement experience at the same time. So any constitutional sheriff that's a <clears throat> um, pale maybe. I've heard some not-so-good things about him, Sheriff Mack. There are, some, there are definitely constitutional sheriffs. And they understand law enforcement. They understand the relationships between different agencies. You need that experience plus constitutional uh, uh, passion. And that's going to be a hard pick. And I want to go to a little segue here. Trump may do his own thing and completely surprise us. I mean, Giuliani might be appointed to the Supreme Court. I guess he's a likable guy. Does he know the Constitution? I don't know. Um, So, you know, it's, it's a real... Trump's going to be a wild card. We do not know what he's going to do.
0: I mean, are you getting
3: the short list from, from the Trump uh, – the Trump uh, – what do you call them? the president-elect? Are, are, is that is that where you're getting the this, this, this short list from?
0: No, I'm just kind of getting – uh, you know, doing some research, just getting kind of like a conglomerate of different sites, uh, you know, on the different people that they have out there. No, oh, I, okay. I wish I was getting straight from the Trump campaign, but no, I, I – uh, you know, i was just getting it from multiple sources.
3: Yeah, well, you remember when he he picked Pence? He picked Pence as vice president. I'm like, who? Pence, who? Pence. That really helped yeah. him in Ohio and mm-hmm. the Midwest. Um, that, that was a wild card. So, I mean, this is an enjoyable discussion, of course. It's just I'm thinking Trump is, is his own man. Trump is his own man in such a way that we can only... Speculate. You know we had, You know how they do fantasy football. <laughs> That's what we had to do. We had to do fantasy uh, appointees.
0: Fantasy appointees. Well, and his, his first two picks were were kind of. I mean, well, the, the first two picks are kind of surprising, kind of not. Um, you know, they're they're surprising. At, uh, I don't know. They're they're, you know, they're double edged swords. I mean, I'm not, I don't know enough about Bannon to make. Make much comment on it, but I you know I think I know much enough about previous um and, and I made those those you know comments in my opening statements uh you know in the beginning of the show, but I don't know, we'll see I mean I don't know that were kind of surprising kind of not you know, just I don't know go ahead
1: How about Florida Sheriff Nick Finch, the one that Governor Rick Scott fired for. Weaving and practicing the Second Amendment. That'd
0: be good one. Hmm. Yeah, definitely a bunch of know. a bunch of sheriffs. And we're at the uh yeah, we're, we're 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 kinda running out, so it looks like we got a lot of different sheriffs that would be good for Homeland Security. Uh and so what we're gonna do is uh now this next one, I'm just kinda going down a line here, but uh is and this is one's near and dear to my heart is, uh so you probably got an idea which one's gonna uh become and probably my favorite department of of all the departments and that's the person who's gonna be the EPA administrator. <laughs> and that's the uh of course the environmental agency, uh protection agency uh which uh oversees and uh they do the environmental regulations. Um and so that uh and you know how I feel about that. And they've got three folks here. Um, and I, I know, you know, Trump, uh, Trump's never, I don't think, talked about getting rid of it. I know Gingrich talked about changing it to, you know, the Environmental Solutions Agency. Maybe he'll have a part in, in that, uh, being a, an advisor to Trump. Uh, but if they let's keep it as it is, what they've got here um, uh, for the people, at least, you know, as I said, the folks that I've kind of got together here, um and you know of course I'm sure you know if if you give look even more out there'll be other people on there. But what I've got here is uh Myron and some of these names may or may not sound familiar to you, but uh Myron Ebel, who's director at the Competitive Enterprise Institute and a climate change skeptic. Uh she's on the top of the one at the top of the list. And there's Robert Grady, uh he must like these Griffin uh invest, investors partners because I see that 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 uh the, those folks multiple times here. I'm sure you, you have heard the, that name. Uh the Griffin Investor Partner um who was actually but this guy was actually uh involved in drafting the Clean air the Clean Air Act uh amendment in, of nineteen ninety. Um but you know I'll have to look more into these Griffin uh investors. And then there's Jeffrey Homestead uh who was a lawyer with Bracewell LLP uh and was a former deputy administrator and the George Bush administration, uh, frankly, I would probably of those three, I would uh, pick Robert Grady, um, and because I mean he's, he's worked in, you know with law and uh, you know with in, in the regulation with you know of course drafting, uh, you know the Clean Air Act, uh, you know amendments of 1990, uh, you know which is uh, you know a hallmark uh, of environmental protection, uh, one of them. And so that would be who I picked. Now, one person I've thrown around, and I actually contacted uh, a a guy who we've interviewed on the show. Uh, He was running for senator on the Green Party, and we had him on. And I contacted him tonight and asked him if he he thought that Jill Stein, who, as you know, didn't have some very nice things to say about Hillary Clinton. And I I even talked to some folks who uh, otherwise would have voted for Jill Stein but decided – uh, to vote for Trump instead of uh, than Hillary Clinton, uh, and she, as I said, she didn't have any very nice things to say uh, about Hillary either, even to the point of stating now we've got. I think we've got the video on the Bard's Logic Political Talk, uh, at least the Facebook page. I have to get you know scroll down a bunch to, to see if we still have it or, or have it as that she would be more likely to start World War III than Trump would. And so, I mean, so you had people who were, you know, who supported Jill Stein but ended up voting for and supporting Donald Trump. And I think there's something to be said. I would really like to see how many folks who were going to vote for Jill Stein ended up voting for Trump. You know, I know there you know, we'd like to see how many numbers there are. I think there may be a lot of them. But I would say that maybe she would be a good person to be in line uh, as the EPA administrator, but you know, I was talking with him or, or texting rather, and, and and asked if he thought that she if she would lobby for the position uh, to be the EPA administrator. And he 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 put you know said no. I mean, there's no uh, no explanation no, no anything. She just put he just put no. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I said, well, you know, maybe make a difference. It's not, and he, he never responded. <laughs> so uh, I, I like to maybe have a, a phone conversation with him to. And you get more about that, but I mean, I thought, I thought Jill Stein would be a good pick uh, not only because, you know, it does look like that one of the things Trump may be doing. Uh, and I think Priebus is an example of this is kind of rewarding folks who supported him, And, you know, I, that's one thing I don't like previous. One thing we can say is, you know, as I said earlier in the show when, when I was looking for things to say why he shouldn't be uh, the, uh, the chief of staff. And I think there's, many reasons why i don't think he is a good uh uh you know is a good take for uh for chief of staff he still was um he still showed his support uh but anyone you know have any thoughts on uh who uh, the e p a administrator would be who they would you would pick maybe some of the people that i uh, that i talked about or maybe you'd have someone different or, or not at all go ahead
1: I'd Jill Stein, i would have voted for. Her
3: could live with it. I like to make sure that the people, whoever's in charge, is going to definitely be very serious about making sure the water is clean, like, you know, like the, what do you call the Garden of Eden? Make sure all our plant life is very healthy and our air is very healthy. Now, I am a conservative, but don't get me wrong. I am fall with you when it comes to the environment to protect it and stuff. Even though I don't mind people drilling, but I don't want them. I want them to be very responsible for making sure that it doesn't toxic, you know, no toxic chemicals getting anything else. And then, like on these pipeline things, even though I might think it's okay to bring in a pipeline and stuff, that's only if the property owners give them okay. Because I don't like this using the eminent domain, and abusing it to steal people's property rights in order to bring in some. Pipeline and stuff I ain't down with that' the, you know, that's just that's just stealing from one group and and playing favors to other groups' for that Melbourne, either by the way if the people in Nebraska and these Indian tribes want to to allow that pipeline to go across their land, then that's another story that's um, I'm kind of cool with that as long as they're paying their fees towards the cleanup fund and make sure that all of the you know, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted to make sure there's no toxic chemicals going to get loose anywhere in our land, then I'm cool with that. But this this abuse of eminent domain, and that's another thing I had a problem with Donald Trump on, is he's kind of one of those kind of guys, I want to use the government and, you know, just ramrod people with the power of the government. But anyway, I'm with you on that one, Robert. Uh, Jill Stein would probably be very good at protecting that.
0: Kelly, you you texted me a comment Did you want to elaborate that on on, on the show?
3: (laughs) Okay I might go off here, folks My pick for Uh the head of the EPA Would be Cheryl Bly Chester, Sacramento She's got a PhD She's been in the field I know her, I work with her She's absolutely stunning Oh, my gosh, this is embarrassing. Jan Brewer, uh, Cheryl Leicester. I'll probably name a, another woman. I'm going to sound like Charlie Wilson that had, you know, Charlie Wilson's war. He had and all-woman staff, but that's another story. Anyway, um, watch that movie at the kick. Anyway, okay, yeah, I'm just delaying the inevitable here. We do need, let's start with, do we need a federal EPA? Well, Nixon issued an executive order. Really? If I was president, first thing I do I said, look, in 120 days I'm terminating all the employees of the APA unless Congress passes a bill. We get the best minds together and I mean, I'm, I'm look, the Constitution, sorry, passes the bills, not the president. So we're we're gonna strip it in 120 days. You guys get a committee and then you can start writing letters and as long as you keep at it and you and you redo the regulations with technology in mind then we'll keep the employees so it's needed because one state's environmental um, problems can impact another state that's why you need federal for resolving disputes with states rivers go through many states air obviously through other states groundwater too um i don't want to get into it. i can tell you other things about that but why i say cheryl blychester and i'd love to have her on her show on this show she knows what she's doing.
0: Yeah, If you know her, pretty, knows, get her on. I'll, we'll be glad
3: to have her. Yeah. She knows what she's doing. I mean, I've done phase one. I've done phase two. I've been in the field. I've been in the moon gear. I've taken, I don't know how many hundred of the samples, and this and that, and sent it off to lab, and blah, 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 and write a report, and this and that, and blah, 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 okay? Um, if you don't understand the technicalities, you can't provide Solutions, okay? It's that simple. Um, yes, the EPA has done a lot of good things. Not a question about it. But I go back to the Constitution. But you got to have somebody who is a problem solver, who understands not just the technologies but the regulations. Jill Stein, sorry. Although she did, you know, I'd like some things about Jill Stein. I'm sorry. No. You cannot put a political environmentalist in the position because this is incredibly tactically um, deep and if we're going to solve our problems then we've got to have somebody that's technically aware of all. I and mean, there's a bazillion different environmental technologies, cleaning up soil, bacteria, cleaning up uh, water with all sorts of technologies uh, the air, air scrubbers, blah 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 blah. If the appointment has never done a phase one study, what the hell are they doing there? So it's really Yeah, definitely some good and valid points there Kelly yeah, you, you got to have somebody technically endowed. You can't have a political a appointee point. for a steward or anything endowed? like that.
0: <laughs> technically endowed <laughs> and, and,
3: and the real-world experience in the environmental. They've done environmental consulting for I don't know how many years, well over a decade, um, and, and so you have to know the regulations. Well, an attorney, let's have an attorney. No. Have they ever put on a moon suit and got out in the field? No because they just don't want to get their, tie, their, their suit and tie dirty. No, attorneys will be good counsel. Oh, and by the way, when Superfund came in, what, 67% of the money went to attorneys. Why? Because of PRPs, potentially responsible parties, finding out who has to pay for it. That's just one, you know, phase one, phase two. Um, an assessment you've got, um, I mean, there's so many parts of this. There's feasibility study, how do you solve a problem? And there's design. You know, I've done these process plants. You know, millions of dollars are spent on these process plants clean up the ground. I mean, I, I just—you cannot put a political person in that position. You cannot put an attorney in this position. You need somebody sharp who also understands the regulations. Who can always ask an attorney, "What do you think about these regulations?" It's the technical problem solver is who you need in that position. I hope Trump recognizes that, so we can actually. Move forward and it doesn't cost a bazillion dollars, and the industry is not crippled by yield.
0: Well, yeah, well, we'll go to the next one because we're running out of time and we may not even be able to get our closing uh, statements in. And the next one, <clears throat> excuse me, is, and I think You're this one actually up will actually be up. a good one for uh, Newt Gingrich as well. And uh, yeah, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, and that's the um, U.N. Ambassador, uh, which is second to the Secretary of State, Uh, the United States Ambassador to the United Nations, uh, uh, is going to be the primary face uh, of America to the rest of the world, and uh, represents the country's interests at the Security Council uh, on a bunch of issues, and, uh, you know, the Middle East, uh, nuclear proliferation, things of that nature. Uh, So it's definitely an important uh, position and I think this would be a good one for, for Gingrich, but the the ones we've uh, come up with uh, at this point, and I, I really don't like either of them, The thought of either of them, is Kelly Ayote, uh, which is the senator from New Hampshire and also member of the Armed Services Committee. Uh, I just don't think there's just enough experience there. And then uh, Richard Grinnell, uh, who is a former spokesman for the United States Ambassador to the United Nations during the George W. Bush administration. So, again, you know, Bringing in someone from a previous administration. I'll, <clears throat> excuse me. I'd like to see that as limited as possible. Um, on that, and then we just got. Well, uh, I'll, I'll go through these last two, and then we'll make comment. Then the next, the CIA director, director of national intelligence. Uh, so that's uh, Ronald Burgess. who's the one of them? There's three. Uh, former director of the Defense Intelligence Agency and a retired Army uh, lieutenant general. Then there's Peter uh, Hoekstra, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, and Francis Townsend, former Homeland Security Advisor under George W. Bush. Again, uh, for that, the one I would pick uh, just from those three would be the former director of Defense Intelligence Agency and, the re- and plus the retired Army Lieutenant General. That would, be that, one, that would be Ronald Burgess. And then last is the National Security Advisor. Uh, I think that uh, the person who did a good job was Condoleezza kind of Rice. I would have liked to see seen a, a Gingrich Rice ticket in 2008. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, I was kind of hoping she'd uh, throw her, maybe her hat in the ring uh, as well, but she's actually more interested now in being uh, the football commissioner than doing anything political. But anyway, for the National Security Advisor, I'm sure we're all familiar with that. And then we have one person for that right now, And that is Michael Flynn, who's a retired uh, Army lieutenant uh, general and former director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, who actually advised uh, Trump during the campaign. Um, And so it looks like there would be some kind of waiver he needs from Congress uh, because of some kind of uh, seven-year rule for retired officers. I don't know a lot about that, but that's just a kind of a side note that um, I picked up. And so, uh, of any of those, does anyone want to make comment? Oh, my gosh, Susan, I've got your uh, your post here on Facebook. Um, I will disregard your Seahawks comments um, and then move on to uh, what they have typed <laughs> here. Uh, but let's, let's let's go ahead and uh, bring it over because we literally have ten minutes left through the show. I'll need at least the last five to seven. So, let's go ahead and... Do our closing comments, and if those closing comments have to uh, be in line with those uh, last three positions I talked about, go ahead and use that time for it. Uh, literally, folks, we've got about a minute each uh, before I have to close things out for the night. Unbelievable. Uh, but let's go ahead, and here's how we'll do it. Uh, we'll do it with you first, uh, Susan, ladies first, and then we'll give it to you, John, and then Kelly, and then I'll close things out. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan.
1: Um, well, there's some good names, there's some possibilities that are very good, and there are some eh, questionable ones. I agree with you that any previous administration, Bush's, Clinton's, any of them, nobody should, no. Um, I don't know why Jill Simon would be good for it, but I believe you need to keep reward, and she and she attacked Hillary And I think she's a good person, despite whatever. So I think some position for her would be nice, little one. Not the one we mentioned, but something. And, you know, we'll just have to see it. But but here, I would have liked to see in there, but I guess that's his choice. So what can I say? That's it.
0: Go ahead, John. Thank you, Susan.
3: You're welcome. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on the sense that I just can't stand any of the people from previous administrations hardly. I mean, they're just left too much corruption behind for me to even want to embrace any of them hardly. Like I said, Newt Gingrich, is. I've kind of got to liking him over the last month or two. But, hey, I I really want to say thank you to Kelly for pointing out what I think is probably more important than anything is to make sure that these people really, truly understand the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and all of the details he was referring to. Um, I apologize to you, Robert, if I didn't take this serious enough for what you intended, because to me, you know, Trump's going to do what he's going to do. But what Kelly was talking about, in all of these situations, is the biggest problem. I don't see anybody but Ben Carson that actually really even gets close to trying to uphold the Constitution out of everybody we've spoken about this evening. So I just leave it at that and thank everybody for listening. Back to you, Robert.
0: Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I would say uh, look forward to seeing you next week, but uh, Bard's Logic uh, will be doing a rebroadcast. Uh, Next Wednesday Since it is the night before uh, Thanksgiving And frankly to be honest with you folks As I do my best to do Is I will be baking some, Hopefully pumpkin But most probably some uh, Sweet potato pies That night And so uh, I won't be able to do a live show So I'll probably do a rebroadcast To yet to be determined On which one I do Uh, But I really do made some really tasty uh, sweet potato pies last year, and I had a lot of fun doing it, so I'm going to do that again this year uh, for Thanksgiving. But let's go ahead and give the last uh, one to you, Kelly, and then I have to close things up tonight. Go ahead. All right. If
3: I was president, which I would hope Trump would do, but I'm not sure I want to be president. Too much responsibility. Anyway. In selecting anybody for any position whatsoever, the first thing I do is here take a constitutional exam. If you can't pass it, you're done you know so i'd I'd say let's have a hundred applicants personal referral, however possible, but uh if they can't pass a constitutional exam, they're done. I'm just sorry you you've just failed the job application. The law above the king is a good idea, okay, <clears throat> so that would be the first criteria an advantage in picking. Technically qualified people. I mentioned Brewer from Arizona. Why? Because the water rights issues in the West are very tricky, as well as the disposal of public lands in the states. And it is, you know, Sarah Palin. Sorry, she just doesn't understand the West because she don't live here. All right. So, I mean, that's a technical example. Another one, EPA. I mentioned that earlier. Okay. There are so many technical things. You appoint political people who want to. Like, save the environment by recycling their pop cans, or in California now we're going to paper bags, not plastic, and say whatever. Anyway, that's not environmentalism because it is so complicated. So, in construction, you learn, which, you know, civil engineer, that'd be me, you learn who does their job, who doesn't, if the project's going well, if it's not, how do you tell the client, fire this guy, which I've done before. Um, You've got to know what you're doing. You got to find the right people, or the right people who know the right people, for all the technical complexities. And Donald Trump, I hope, through his thinking and his experience with construction, will realize: let's get technical who know what they're doing, so that we can do what needs to be done. As he has said, "Make America Great." Okay, I got a watchful eye on the guy.
0: I'm sorry, I noticed.
3: Johnson, and, and, but,
0: and, yeah. and we need to have a watch for And I really hate to cut short Kelly But we only have a few minutes i got to close things out for the yeah. night Especially since uh, we won't be here next week We will be here the following week uh, Topic to be determined Depending on what happens in our world uh, Especially in our nation And so you know I wish we would have had another hour Because I definitely would have liked to talk more about uh, Like who would uh, replace Rince Priebus as the RNC chair Maybe we'll talk about that uh, next time, as well as, you know, what is Trump's strategy? And for those listening to the podcast, uh, send me a message from the Bards Logic Political Talk website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go to the contact portal. Uh, you'll see that uh, uh, character there uh, opening up the portal. Uh, if anyone ever wonders why I have uh, that uh, woman on there from uh video game I used to play, you know, kind of a play on words, you know, the Bards Logic contact portal. Uh, so, give you a little inside scoop of, of why we've got that. And so, send me a message on what you think uh, Trump's strategy is and, you know, send me a message there and, and we'll discuss that on the show. But, of course, uh, I will have to close things out. And I'll end tonight as I do every night and that is by playing the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So, everyone, uh, thank you very much. Uh take care and again have a very happy Thanksgiving to you yours and your family. So take care everyone and good night.
1: Thank you. Good night you too.
0: Thank you.